from the creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. It's a week out Friday, August 19th, 2016, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, yes. a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all possible with Squarespace. Okay. I need to talk... Okay. you. I need to talk about Squarespace. I was on with Squarespace Help yesterday, and I was asking them to help me with a question that really they had no bother with. I mean, it was like kind of about Squarespace. Were you just asking like, does this color look better or that color? (laughs) (laughs) Just one little tips. Were you at a life crossroads? (laughs) It it wasn't far from that. Do you guys like how Vashia stands? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I was on, uh, so I got on their chat. Because you've said before, just get on their chat. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Emily V. Emily V. She's the best. Oh, you have no idea. On chat, spent an hour with me Searching like the internet for an answer. We're sharing blog posts yeah. back and forth, trying to figure out yeah. how to like interact with this. Your Icelandic. next baby's middle name, Emily. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. At, at Squarespace, but specifically, I would like to dedicate this entire show to Emily V <laughs> at Squarespace, and I hope she hears this because she is an incredible person. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, creating a website with Squarespace is easy. You can use their beautiful templates if you want. You can customize them. Em- you can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. Emily told me about all that. Yeah, it's so easy. She showed me <laughs> templates. Oh my goodness! Design and best. Glass online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. And you know what? If you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you'll receive a custom domain for free for that year. If you want to do an online store, they actually have seamless commerce tools that can track inventory and process the orders and do all the custom emails and stuff. It's pretty amazing what it you can do with the Squarespace nice. website now. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, uh, enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. I actually Squarespace.com. Th- so thanks. Oh, I do too. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. <laughs> when I did Trapped in the Cage, all the other ones, I signed up for Squarespace. I put in RELEVANT and get 10% off. Why, Why wouldn't, wouldn't I? I know. Yeah, it's a great deal. Come on. So like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffles. Oh, it's really good to see you. Oh, I'm Jesse. <laughs> Over there on the ones and twos, our producer, Chandler Strang. Hello. Uh, he's my brother. On the Skype line from uh, Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello hello. hello, hello. And from Portland, Oregon, back with us after like a month and a I year know. off, it two seemed weeks, like. Two weeks. All right. Three Joy Egrich Reed. Back from her honeymoon. Present. We have missed you. Thank you. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Rick Warren joins us. Uh, he's, he's one of my favorite people in the entire world. He's one of my heroes. Huh. And he joins us to talk about kind of navigating this political season as fair-minded Christians. He, I wonder if he's going to do another one of those... Uh, because the McCain-Obama, he had them both on stage. Yeah. No, I don't think he is. Honestly, this one's just maybe a little too volatile. Because you know who is a you-know-what? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Rick, Rick, uh, Rick has uh, spoken wise words of, uh, you know, wise words into my life over even, the years. Even, even he knows he's got to tap out of this election. Yeah, he's a stay-above-the-fray kind of guy. Right. And uh, that's why everybody respects him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming up later. And then also one of our favorite indie bands, Colony House uh, joins oh, us on the show to yeah. give us kind of the inside scoop on their upcoming album, Only the Lonely, which is a soundtrack to my life. Yeah, we knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I felt it. I felt a <laughs> real dark cloud yeah. come over yeah. your... <laughs> hey, so it's a, it's a big deal what's going on right now in the world. The Olympics are happening. Yes. This, this uh, is taking the world by storm. Have you been watching the Olympics? Ch- but, but 
in our world, the Olympics of estate sales happened this week. It was a really... Oh, yeah. I saw pictures. Uh, after, oh, yeah. after last week's podcast, Eddie, mm-hmm. uh, was it Thursday morning, Friday morning? Uh, yeah, Eddie and Thursday I morning. went to the second of what could be three or four <laughs> estate sales at the <laughs> Holy Land Experience here in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Uh, as a real quick side note, the Holy Land Experience, for those of you who are new or, I mean, I guess, like have friends in a life, like the Holy Land Experience <laughs> is a theme park devoted to you know, the Bible here, here in Orlando. And it is the, uh, the gaudiest, it is a real gaudy place. So yeah. they're having an estate sale. They're, and, they're, they're shedding a lot of the God and a lot of not God, say, but the gaudy. Yeah. And for those of you who can't see the studio right now, there's actually 12, nine feet tall golden angels in the studio. They've totally redone the no, place. Okay. So we did go last week and last week was the outdoor sale. It was all the statues and the Noah's Ark animals and the huge things. Right. And, 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 it was it was a cross section of Orlando, certainly. It was interesting. And so Eddie and I met there, not knowing what we were gonna encounter. Like, did you guys run into each other or you planned to go together? <laughs> no, we planned to meet there. And I texted Eddie about an hour out and I said, Hey man, I'm gonna run about fifteen minutes late. He said, No problem. And, and, and like when we would have met at 10 o'clock, you know, I was going to get there at 10, 15 at 10 o'clock. He starts texting me, get here now. Anyway, I'm going, okay, I'm turning, I'm pulling in. He's out by the road flagging me down. Like he was oh, like, wow. he was like, he couldn't go it any so, further. He had so to go fun. wait out by the street for me. Yeah. I mean, we're at the Holy and, Land. And, and how many people were there too? I would say shopping three, uh, working it five. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, we had to act quickly. You so know. I ha- so I posted a couple pictures of, of of the day, but here on the podcast I have some uh, some clips. Uh, I recorded Eddie. Eddie was giving us a little bit of play by play, and we'll give a couple little highlights here yeah. on the show in a second. Uh, but w- w- what I learned on on that was we we were plotting the night before. Eddie was like, "Hey, you know what you need to do? Yeah, you need you need to start a rivalry." with Jesse and you need to buy one of these statues and drive it up there. You and Chandler and drop it off at two in the morning on his driveway <laughs> with right, no explanation, it. not even tell him. And this wasn't, can, can it, but can I just say that's not a rivalry? That's just a, a, a nice gesture. <laughs> well, like it's, it's, it's a token. I, I would consider if Great. someone left a, a like seven foot tall bronze Roman centurion on my driveway, just a token of goodwill. Yeah. No, no, they didn't have normal centurions. Yeah, we're going had... to get into the stock and the price in a moment. Yeah. So, so oh, I'm, I'm pricing out out the trailers i was yeah. like i'm we're going yeah. I, I don't have plans this weekend i'm getting chandler we're going i could tell cameron was just sitting there watching you know mad about you or whatever you watch at night you're just sitting there <laughs> waiting right and so, so, okay, so cameron's basically planning a heist is what he's doing yeah. oh yeah like, it was all done so when we meet there in the morning it is all but certain that he'll be driving that afternoon to your home in virginia with the statue in tow when channing which i don't know if channing knew this but yeah, like, I, I look I out him. the window I, I and there's after. like a, mo- a mysterious florist van and it's clearly Chandler in the passenger seat with a fake mustache. Acme cleaning services. Yeah. Acme Florist is outside. Florist. Like, I am 99% positive that that guy in that iron on, uh, uh, that, that florist hat with an iron on logo and a fake mustache is Chandler Strike. Yeah. And and that florist has been out there for about five hours now. So uh, so so we get there, and I mean they have like two sizes. They have the eight foot tall actual marble, painted gold and purple and yellow, yeah. but marble statues incredibly of incredibly biblical scenes and whatever. And these are running a solid nine hundred a pop. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's a little much 
for a joke. I, I know, yeah. and it, but, but a great deal for a marble statue. Right. But I assumed that as we got deeper into it, <laughs> so there's the tension. Right. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. assumed as we got deeper into it, we'd find something. Yeah. So then we kind of head, and you get into the Noah's Ark area. Yeah. And there's all kinds of animals. P.S. Animals like a penguin. There's a penguin. There was. What, a, what, you know, what, you got you got your giraffes and your elephants and your lions and stuff like that. But then there's a penguin. There was a macaw. Well, 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 real quick, how how young Earth are they in their theology? Are they creation museum status? Yeah. What I'm asking is, were yes. there dinosaurs and did they have saddles on them? There were no, no. dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, no. So, so then that, but then the the five ish foot statues, yeah. they're running only a, a decent four hundred dollars. But these are kind of the plastic and paper mache ones. They're oh. not the marbles. So it's so, a giraffe missing a leg. So it's, a, it's just again a little much for a joke, right? right. If there was if there were statues going like a bargain basement hundred bucks, yeah, I would have yeah. been in Virginia Beach the next the, day. The problem was the <laughs> the, the statue that was a hundred bucks was a macaw that was seven inches high. <laughs> And you're just wow. like, and, and you're just like, when Jesse walks out front and just sees like a little fake macaw, he's just gonna pick it up and toss it in the trash. He, <laughs> this has got to be inconvenient. Yeah. You've got to be able yeah. to not pull. I the probably Mazda. wouldn't think twice. I probably think that macaw somehow, uh, you know, be, became petrified and just fell from the sky. Yeah, some weird macaw sickness. Another morning, about. another dead macaw. Just. <laughs> Uh, but here's what we learned. I'm about to play a clip of, of Eddie's tour, uh, you know, live on the scene. Hot take. But what we learned, what they told us, because I was like, where's the stuff that's under $400? Yeah. And she goes, well, next Friday, we have the inside auction. Oh, yeah. And it's all the wall stuff. Hey, here's the deal. I'm going for, I want a gold throne. I would, I would spring for a gold throne. Nice. Yeah, uh, just I think it would be a nice touch yeah, for the have, office. Have all your meetings on that. That's throne. what I'm saying. It's in the conference room at the yeah. end of the table. Please, you may you may <laughs> enter. And you're yeah. everybody else has fold cha- folding folding chairs. Folding chairs. <laughs> <And then> the <laughs> <gold throne. laughs> but, but there's a couple of I got to get some tchotchkes <laughs> for awesome. the studio wall. We got to have something to commemorate the Holy yeah. Land experience as we knew it. That's oh, right. Of course. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Right. My, my question about this whole experience is like, okay, so you said there was only a handful of other buyers there. Yeah. Who right. is purchasing the nine hundred dollar marble? Oh, 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 oh okay. you're gonna. A yeah. lady drove up and oh, Eddie yeah. gave her a, 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 a tip. I'll just say there are a lot of people who would buy that. Yeah, it was a lot of church folk, I think, uh, you know, thinking about their foyers, you know? Right. Uh, churches that have a lot of purple in there. Because you need the, you need the white statue of the entire disciples. So like there's f- 13 statues, right? You know, all together in a semicircle. All, did all, they come in a set or. I, you know, you could, they were priced individually. You could oh. mess that up. Oh, you could just yeah. buy Thomas or something, yeah. and then yeah. all of a sudden, like, oh, man, my set's incomplete. Yeah. Well, well, then you could really <laughs> hike the price up on it, you know, because if they have the other 11, they're going to need Thomas. Yeah, because the if years. they're going for the other 11, they're going to be in for a solid 10 grand. You, right. you might as well charge them 10 grand just to get Thomas. 10 grand just to get Thomas. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but to these people, to these people that are using them for church decor, I mean, they're basically view them as evangelism tools. Like, these oh, yeah. will bring the next generation into our church. Well, that's true. Like, I yes. mean, I, Eddie got overwhelmed. There was a Jesus with his arms out yeah. and uh, his purple is a brass one with purple robe. And, really and I posted a picture of him overcome and hugging it. It was. So. <laughs> yeah. I had so many quiet times there. It was nuts. Did other people see you doing this or that was the, that was a hard part is that like there were two guys there that thought this was funny and you're, 
listening to both of them. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 no, but, but what you gotta understand <laughs> at these type of religious estate sales, like you know, when people go to like car dealership, they kick the tires and yeah. kind of look under the hood. <laughs> yeah, if, to dis- in, when deciding if they want to make a major purchase, yeah, at these type of things, doing what Eddie did is completely natural <laughs> yeah. and normal. You, gotta like, hug you it. go, you pray by it, you you weep forehead yeah. to forehead with the statue. <laughs> a little stigmata oh. brewing. All right, I'll take oh, that man. one. All right, here we go. Here's Eddie on the scene. The Holy Land Experience auction. This is really happening. FYI, a Jesus goes for about 700 here, which is a steal. It's a steal. <laughs> we'll post this video on the podcast episode page this week. Let's see. This Jesus is... That one's got a very special plasticky face. This one. Oh, no, that's iron. That's going to be an expensive one. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell. That Jesus appears to be... 800 Except that the price has been paid. <laughs> I, I didn't make that joke because I knew I made that joke later. <laughs> you did. Okay, so that, that's what we were just getting in there. This is our that first my, checking the prices. I wonder if my whole life wasn't made for that joke. This is the point in the uh, <laughs> the video where uh, Eddie decides he wants to go into the TBN studio. Uh, which we're next to. Not the Holy Land Experience I mean, right theme park, there. but the actual TV studio. Uh, so we walk around the corner, and he, he he says to me, he goes, let me do the talking. I'm like, like I would say a <laughs> word. I mean, <laughs> trust me. Yeah. And so we go up to the door. It's locked. Which and is- so Eddie stood at the door and knocked <laughs> and made that joke as he was standing at the door and knocking. Yeah. It's a requirement. Uh, yeah. uh, it was locked. We couldn't get in. Here's the recap <laughs> from this. Eddie. Here's Eddie's recap. Well, we saw a lot today. I think that this, uh, so when you think about this. what is Florida, I, I think this is what, I think this is what you think of. Um, we decided though that we're not going to get anything today. Um, we are going to come back. There's another sale happening, and apparently they're selling off a lot of stuff. We know what we're looking for, and like the wand will find us. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll find us. All right. I am not that good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, 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 let the target draw the arrow is what you're saying. Like, like right. The, the, the right throne is there, oh, hidden yeah. amongst the trinkets. You just have to, yeah. We'll know it. But anyhow, yeah. it's really interesting. But I, I, I was a bum because I was excited at the idea of at 2 a.m. dropping a, la- a large marble, gaudy, oh, yeah. you know, ram horn horse, you know, profit riding thing on Jesse's driveway with no explanation and then can i say the only back, thing that right? would have made me happier of you guys doing that the literally the only thing is if for somehow you got the wrong house on my street not to see it out of my or driveway we have, like your old address yeah but, but like we're like the guy across the street like he goes out to get his paper and he's just sitting there and i suddenly i know what happened right. you know but it's like i you know what i would never tell him yeah. i would never tell him and let him always wonder how it ended up there in his slippies (laughs) debbie get out of here what on earth so anyway we our plan was two in the morning drop it off we were going to come back in the morning and just wait in the bushes and record (laughs) record your family discovering it yeah and at which point later about an hour or two later after we would have been getting texts i'm sure at yeah. some point, we would have gotten asked 
do you know anything about this? Right. We I'm would sure have you said, would have gotten yeah, asked we're down at the Denny's. We're here. And then we would have hung out with you all day. And it would yeah. have been a lot of fun. But we wouldn't have helped you move it. Just you. And then you walk in the house and Dana's just like, I hate you. I hate you. I'm, I'm genuinely I disappointed that it didn't come to fruition. I haven't liked one friend you've ever had, Jesse. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm planning on going back uh, later this week to see what we can find on the inside one. We're going to enjoy it a lot more because it'll be air conditioned. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. and I, but oh, yeah. I, there's got to be room for negotiation. Right? I mean, you're like, if I buy a throne and a marble Jesus, can you come down in price? That was interesting. It's interesting. They didn't seem it to didn't have seem that like negotiation a vibe. Yeah. But you never know because, I mean, they've been at this for a while. Yeah. You got to feel like they're going to want to sell something eventually. Yeah. I mean, my challenge is for you to try really hard and record it. <laughs> I just want to hear that. Eddie interaction. haggling for a big marble Jesus. Listen, I have, I have 12 pieces of silver here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much is it worth? All right. How about this? Well, I can't make that joke. I realize I can't make a casting lots joke. It's super messed up. So anyway. <laughs> well, they wouldn't get it. I mean, it would be right over their heads. Yeah. The, the funny thing is I like the, the, haggling the, idea, the estate sale company, like they're not a religious organization. So I'm mm. just thinking these employees, what are they thinking about all this? Right. Yeah. You know, just like what on earth? What on Why earth? are we moving this 12 foot centurion? Yeah. And, and, and let me ask you this too, Cameron. To be honest, how many? What are the odds that zero items were sold that entire day? No, no, no. There was a lady buying stuff when we left. Oh yeah, she oh, was okay. sitting down to to do the paperwork. There were some like ornamental trees that people seemed to be into, but I I'm curious how many of those gigantic $800, $700 Jesuses are left over. All right, well, moving the show along, it's time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it, did you see that making a murderer co-defendant Brendan Dassey's conviction yes, has been overturned? That. I did yeah, see crazy. that. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, Brendan D- uh, Dassey was convicted of first-degree homicide, second-degree se- sexual assault, and mutilation of a corpse following the death of Teresa Haubach yeah. in 2005 and sen- sentenced to life with no parole for 41 years. He was just 16 years old at the time. Details of his trial and the manipulative lines of questioning from police uh, created an outrage when they were aired as part of Netflix's show Making a Murderer, uh, the true crime documentary series. A federal judge overturned the conviction this week, saying Dassey's constitutional rights were violated and investigators intentionally misled Dassey during interrogations. The judge wrote this, These repeated false promises, when considered in conjunction with all relevant factors, most especially Dassey's age, intellectual deficits, and the absence of a supportive adult, rendered Dassey's confession involuntary mm-hmm. under the 5th and 14th Amendments. It's uh, it's unclear when he's going to be released because the Wisconsin general attorney may still appeal the decision. He yeah. may go back on trial or whatever. But basically, that thing has been overturned. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow. basically, they said he either needs to be retrialed or he's going to walk within you know a few days. So yeah, of the entire of everything in that series that was you know compelling and left more questions than answered, his whole storyline was the most. It, it was it's, audacious. It's, yeah. yeah, it seemed very yeah. like egregious of what happened to him. But yeah. I mean, I'm not. Look at us being incredulous and audacious and egregious. (laughs) We're getting sassy. Because they let him, I mean, they were, it was just preying upon someone so young and telling him, do you want to be an, it was like, it was appealing to his desire to do the right thing by saying, if you just tell us you did this, then you can go free. 
And it was, that was a lie. So he right. finally admitted to these things. And it was just such a, yeah. I think that's what fired us all up so much because it was a manipulation of a youth and he was there who didn't so know better. With, like with kind of mental capacity, you know, his learning yeah. issues. Someone so. started a Kickstarter campaign this week. Cause I don't know if you guys remember, there's a moment where, you know, it's framed in the documentary to kind of show how detached he was from the gravity of the situation where he says, like, am I going to not be home and I'm going to miss WrestleMania, oh, which was going to yeah. be on TV. Yeah. Um, or he had a presentation you know, in sixth period he was hoping to get back for. Yeah. But know. someone has started a Kickstarter campaign to raise money that uh, upon his release to send him to WrestleMania live. Oh, that's wild. Nice. Yeah, that's wild. What an interesting story. So I wonder if they'll... I mean, we may know by the time this podcast airs, but like they would have to start another trial really quickly, right? Yeah. Or yeah. or it's done. Like he's out. Isn't it nuts just between like making a murder and serial how it, it it really seemed to move the needle of the justice system for these cases? Like may, and maybe, Jinx too. Maybe it's yeah. Jinx, oh, I think Jinx really. Was, I never saw it. It was really. Just, just oh, scary. Well, I mean, they they got an on air confession. On, on, in that on case. Yeah. kind of that they didn't discover for like. A year, right? No, the they, audio yeah. guy was just listening yeah, later. An and he's hour like, and a, half, a year, year and a half. They're sitting on this thing where, like, he's you know they stopped filming, but the mic was still live. Wow! And the like, crew left him, and he or he no, he took his mic. He went into the bathroom, and so yeah. like several minutes after they stopped filming the like the interview, he's like talking to himself in the bathroom, like, "Why did you do that?" You know, whatever. They didn't know they had that on tape for a year and a half yeah. when they were actually editing the actual series yeah. and then they came upon it. What's yeah. crazy? Wild. It's I've like, not, not even heard of this show. Oh, it's oh, on HBO on it. Robert it, it, Durst. It really the is. real life. Oh, the, I have heard of this. Is okay. it scary it's, though? It was, it was a couple years ago. No, wow. it's not scary. Okay. Eddie, you would find it fascinating just for like the studying human psychosis. Like it's okay. just, he is such an anomaly and it's fascinating to watch what he like believes and then can convince other people to believe. And then also just that he's uber, uber rich. Mm -hmm. So he had this incredible team every time he went to trial wow. that, you know, got him out of stuff. The, the crazy thing that all of this underscores is not just like these are isolated cases, mm -hmm. but when you read stats about how the exoneration rate is like higher than it's ever been, it's not because, you know, more when more cases are tried with bad evidence or there's bad prosecutors, it's because just now there are organizations popping up uh, in yeah. mass across the country that are actually looking at cases. Like the, the scary thing is these types of cases and this type of behavior from prosecutors might not be the outlier. Like in a lot of cases, this is the norm. And when you start yeah. digging in, you, you know, you see a lot of uh, faulty systems in place in the justice system and there's a lot of innocent people behind bars. Well, and I got to say, it was really interesting uh, Channing, have you listened to the extra hour from last week's show? Did you hear the stuff that uh, Jesse said? Pretty bad. Uh, pretty bad. My mic was on. The stuff oh. that gets we'll take over is hoax. Yeah, the, we'll take over. The stuff that gets I, edited I've out is. I stolen seven marble Jesuses <laughs> worth, <laughs> worth north of thirty-five thousand dollars. I mean, we're talking grand larceny north. at this he's, point. He's holding them ransom. Yeah. Uh, in case you missed it, this week uh, Anderson Pac and the Free Nationals killed it during their NPR Tiny Desk concert. It's that series that Love NPR it. does and low kind of lo-fi uh, artists come in and kind of reinterpret their music, kind of what we do here in our studio sometimes, but they have um, tinier desks. They use drums. <laughs> Very little desks. Um, anyway, the clip went viral this week because uh, it's so good. Anderson Pac, by the way, is one of my favorite rappers, one of the best hip-hop albums of the year. Get the edited version. Here is Anderson Pac and the Free Nationals Tiny Desk Series. 
all in the palm of your head. Hold up. Ain't nobody holding you back. Don't it feel like it's been far too long, girl? Hold up. Your heart don't stand a chance. Your knees just on the pace. Your eyes keep me all in the trance. And let me ask you. I know the approach is so far from what you used to. But you know it. Hey, do I hold the candle to the last one? No, where you move? Baby, of course I flew. But I'm not over what we had. Don't it feel like it's been far too long? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, and the cool thing is he's playing drums while he's rapping and it stuff. Is, it is insane how, like, the raw oh. musicianship. He's uh, drumming and rapping? Guys. Yeah, yeah. That seems impossible. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's like playing lead I, guitar. If I was doing that, I'd be like, rapping with the beat. Yeah. Like, that, you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, <laughs> here is my drum thing, and <laughs> I'm rapping. My brain can't, my like, game is Cameron. Boom, It would be impossible. It would be impossible. Oh, man. That was good. It hey. went viral for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah seriously. And his voice, it's, it's one of the coolest voices, like, in <laughs> hip-hop. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he sings really well, too. Yeah. It's I a great drumsticks. album. I am at a desk. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. And then, then Cameron just starts making the drum sounds with his mouth. Everyone at the NPR office is just looking over like, is, is this the right guy? Uh, maybe, we, maybe we need to stop doing this. <laughs> maybe just get him making a, drum sounds with his mouth. I got a, you know, I got a deadline. You, you would tell a... him that he doesn't have to play drums and singing if that's not what <laughs> yeah. he's ever did before. Like, that's not a thing that we do. Here, I play the hi-hat. <laughs> <laughs> Bass drum. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> hey, in case you missed it, this week it was announced Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are teaming up again Finally. to make a Holmes and Watson movie. Mm. Um, I mean, they did Talladega Nights. They did Step Brothers. My favorite comedy. Okay, but see, I, I, I'm I, with you that Step Brothers like, holds up yeah. really, really well. Yeah. I watched it like kind of, I, I watch it pretty regularly. Like yeah. maybe one every, of the few DVDs every, I own. Weirdly. Every five or six months, I'll uh-huh. watch it again. Yeah. I, I watched it again because we mentioned it on the podcast yeah. quite a bit. Oh, it's filthy. How much we like. Yeah, I was because I think I watched the TBS version a lot. Yeah. I, I no, was. No. Uh, I would get the uncensored version. Oh, man. I, I think I just keep watching it because they do pop up on Comedy Central and TBS, right? Yeah. And I keep watching it. And then mm-hmm. I, w- I put it on like yeah. Apple TV the other day. Yeah. Holy moly. So as a disclaimer, uh, Relevant Podcast does not say you should watch this movie. Eddie Koffeltz says it's a very funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but, Joy, but, or, or watch the TBS version. Right. Yeah. Watch the T- yeah, or watch the kids' it's Bob version. It's still really funny. I did, I did right. start watching it one time with my dad. I had never oh. seen it. And oh, we started no. watching it. And like just oh, the opening no. scene, we were like, Let's watch something yeah, else. It's like Sweet. watching Titanic. Yeah, with your sweetheart. Dad. Yeah. We need to talk about your movie choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, well, the, the I love you. I don't is, respect this uh, choice. Yeah. Yeah. Your mother and I are very nervous <laughs> about you. <laughs> the good news is this one. Uh, well, for 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 the good news for people that want to watch this with their conservative parents is this one's rated PG thirteen. Yeah, that's right. This one they're 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 love it. They're keeping it. John, friendly for the kids. I think John C. Riley is maybe the funniest person alive right now. I everything he does, especially when it gets real weird, like the uh, Steve Brule stuff that he oh, does. So yeah. good. Oh man, is he funny? Yeah. He is so strange. You know who's also from that kind of like alt comedy stuff? Ha- hmm. Have you been watching Vice Principals, the oh, comedy on HBO? I, I am. 
I cannot watch that show at night because I cry, laugh it's so hard so that funny. I can't. I've even, even heard of it. <laughs> oh man, it, look it up. It's on HBO. It is filthy. Who's in it? Uh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. That's yeah. who I was uh, made me think of because I think of John C. Riley and Danny McBride kind of that same yes, yes, level yes. of hilarity. Yeah, and yeah. and just they go places that nobody else could go. Vice principals. We. I don't even think I can recommend that show, but it is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Danny McBride. <laughs> Danny McBride steals every scene he's in in anything. He's like, a cool he's dude. Just, just his disposition, just him sitting there is hilarious. Yeah. He's just a funny, funny person, yeah. yeah. And the the range of John C. Riley's acting ability, I mean, he's like a professionally trained, wonderful actor yeah. who's done Shakespeare. He's in Magnolia, isn't he, Eddie? You want to talk about that movie? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, production starts on the movie this fall, so this is an early... Uh, Very early. You know, yeah, this is like us going to be on a wild. Hill song on the cover. We're oh, doing a snap. Oh, that's true. We have plenty of time before this movie comes oh, out. Oh, that's good. <laughs> plenty of time. That's good. Oh, man. In, in case you missed it, this week Adele was... Uh, she's on tour right now, and she had a show at the LA Staples Center last week, Love and her. she... Uh, decided to invite a random fan on stage and, and asked her if she wanted to sing. Yeah. And what she didn't know was that <laughs> fan was Jamie Grace, a yeah. Grammy-nominated Christian music star. Yeah. Um, she she belted out a few bars of Elvis's I Can't Help Falling in Love with You. And uh, Adele was clearly impressed and applauded and hugged her and the crowd went crazy. Um, uh, Jamie Grace actually told ABC News later that the moment may have saved her career after this clip went viral. Uh, she says, I've legitimately contemplated retiring. 100% fact. Not too embarrassed to say I sought out a Christian counselor since last year. I've been trying to process why I feel like God is calling me to this amazing purpose, yet for some reason things just aren't working out. However, that night was a reminder and an assurance that I do have a voice and the voice does matter. It was everything I needed. Here is a clip that went viral <laughs> of awesome. Jamie Grace getting called up at Adele's concert. <laughs> Oh man, that was, I loved, um, you know, so those of you who have not watched the clip, Adele at a, po- at a point, and I mean, this is Adele, arguably yeah. one of the, the greatest singers of all time, certainly living. Well, her, her and Will Ferrell, I would say. I would say the two yeah. of them, <laughs> certainly. John C. Riley in Magnolia is, is fantastic. Yeah. But like Adele, at some point when she really starts going, just steps yeah. back and like puts her hand on her chest and just can't handle how good Jamie yeah. Grace it's is. It's true. It was really good. You, I, I imagine like you're just like kind of randomly calling a fan up like, hey, you want to sing? Go ahead. Almost um, to like contrast how good I am. Yeah. You know, and then it's a Grammy nominated singer and just she blows like, everyone away. And she had like stage presence. So, like yeah. she knew how to like hold a microphone and kind of like be present. It was very, very good. It yeah, was, it was awesome. Really good. Jamie Grace has her name on her guitar, which I also thought was a cool move. It's an, Eddie, it's kind if of an you were some, for some reason called up on an Adele concert yeah. to sing, what would you read? What would you sing? Would you even attempt? To what was do that so? Will Ferrell song in the penultimate scene of Step Brothers at the oh, uh, at the wine? Gosh, when he's like, uh, "Oh, what is the, the song? Catalina uh, wine?" Let's, let's, get, oh, Catalina let's give wine him something to talk about. Was the song no, that no, Will no, Ferrell? No, the oh, and everybody cries and everybody gets reunited. Oh, oh it's that it's that Italian that song Italian, that yeah. I don't know the 
but my favorite part is when Will Ferrell is singing the uh, when when uh, John C. Riley is saying to Will Ferrell like you got to prove to me that you can sing, and uh-huh. Will Ferrell says, you know, I have the, I have a voice of a generation. I have a, I'm a songbird, and he sings that. Uh, Let's give him something to talk about. <laughs> and it's so timid. Yeah. And it was so timid, and it was awful. And like John C. Riley is like, no, no. I know good music. That was incredible. <laughs> that, that's right before Will Ferrell, like, to, to John C. Riley's character, unveils his most prized possession: a samurai sword autographed by Randy Jackson from American Idol. I just saw Randy Jackson, and I thought you saw I him in the mall. Sign the card, yeah. sign the sword. Of course. Did we just become best friends? Guys, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, let man. me know when you're done with that whole recap. Yeah, yeah, we're done. Of a movie of a ten-year-old movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're done now. Um, in case you missed it, on an incredibly sad note, uh, this week, a DJ official passed away after a battle with cancer. Yeah, that was so sad. Yeah, he was. Uh, his real name is uh, Nelson Chu. He passed away after undergoing a double lung transplant and a heart valve repair surgery following a long battle with cancer. DJ Official was uh, the DJ and producer for a lot of the Reach Records guys. So yeah. Lecrae, yeah. Uh, Andy Minio, uh, he traveled with these guys. He made music. A lot of this music that has really taken kind of Christian hip hop to a whole nother level really was DJ Official. Propaganda, uh, Triple all these guys on social media this week have just been talking yeah. about the impact he has had, not just in their music, but for them personally and what an amazing guy he was. Um, in 2009, he released his own album. Uh, it, was inter- it was an acclaimed album called Intermission and has uh, long been uh, an influential member of the 116 clique with the, with the guys that I've been mentioning. A GoFundMe campaign has raised nearly $19,000 for his wife and two young daughters and is still accepting oh, donations, no. so please go give. Um, yeah. In a series of tweets, Lecrae wrote, uh, when they criticized me, uh, DJ Official stood up for me. He got in arguments defending me. For years, DJ Official walked uh, with me through all the storms, negativity, and gossip. When I wanted to complain, DJ Official put it in perspective because he battled so much and fought so hard. When I was starting off, having a DJ Official beat was the greatest thing I could imagine. You mean the world to us, and we'll make sure folks know how much you mean to the movement. So be it. I know you DJing on the other side. See you soon. That's what Lecrae wrote on Do you have like little kids? Yeah, two young daughters. Oh man, that's all layers and layers of sadness. Yeah, no, it was was a really rough week. Uh, We covered this world. I mean, Lecrae and all those guys have been in our magazines and we're friends with several of them. I knew he was they had talked about it. Yeah, he'd been battling for a while, but I mean, he... He got approved for this double lung transplant, which was just a miracle in itself. And and it was like he was making plans with the guys for you know some of the projects that they're working on after he recovered yeah. from the surgery. And mm-hmm. uh, it took a, a, a drastic turn for the worse, and it oh. caught everybody off guard. It was like a hopeful thing, and then turned very very tragic. But, but but I will say this: if if you look at his Twitter account in the you know the last few weeks leading up to the surgery, which they knew was incredibly risky. His outlook and perspective, at least what he projected online, yeah. uh, was really encouraging, you know, uh, and spoke to the kind of faith he had and the the kind of life he led. And, uh, you know, for people that want to kind of see some of his thoughts, you know, they can check that out at TJ Official DJ. I think we should get propaganda on the show next week. I, I just want to hear from one of the people that was close to him. Ah, yeah, let's get prop sure. on. We'll do that. Well, on that note, that very, very sad note. That'll do it for... In case you missed it. Okay. Mm. Let's do yeah. a music break. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. So tell me, do you love someone? 
You're listening to Group Love. The song is Do You Love Someone? I know. I just I, it's, <laughs> we covered group love. We, we covered it. group love in the magazine because it's yeah. great music. Yeah, but yeah. like I, like Jesse, you know, we punted it for like two years. We wrestled with it because it's like I it just the name of the band. Yeah, it's. it's right. I think it's more speaking of like what we've got on the podcast. Like we all care about each other a yeah. lot. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> got some group love going on here. Uh, hey, at the beginning no, of the see, podcast, even that didn't work. Don't say it. Again. At the beginning yeah. of the podcast, you heard, <laughs> it feels creepy saying Matt, that's Matt, the thing. Yeah, group respect. I think is what I named the band. <laughs> group love and respect uh, at the beginning of the podcast you heard Vespertine the song was Shatter in the Night now I gotta give credit where credit is due listener Zach Miller tweeted us and said guys you gotta start a show with Vespertine Shatter in the Night checked it out because yeah. we watched the Twitter account yeah. he was right good choice I, Zach I, Miller I gotta say Zach Miller cutting through what have been a million other tweets of people like check out this band and you're like right. you are no because he gave me a specific usage he said this song for the beginning of the show and yeah, that is always a challenge yeah yeah it's always a challenge to find the right intro song to catch people okay it's time for slices what do you have Jesse all right, well, I have a, a twofer, and I'll, I'll keep them both moving along quickly. Um, but th- there, for some reason, there is nothing funnier to me than absurd stories written in the straight-faced AP style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, like when a serious news writer, because AP style, for those who aren't, you know, haven't studied journalism, is the, is is the type of copy. Yeah. That you read in, in on like hard news outlets, like 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 an old school newspaper. Or the something. inverted pyramid. You lead with the strong lead. You you know who, what, where, when, for, why. Yeah. yeah, the information is you know urgent at the top and gets you know more context yeah. as you go down. Yeah, yeah, it's objective. It's 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 void of personality. It's very information heavy. Right. Like that's the whole thing. You're you're, you're just the facts, ma'am. You know. Right. Uh, uh, so w- whenever you have to read, I have a like, T-shirt that uh, says that. By the way. <laughs> Who says that? I have a T-shirt that says that, but you wear on first dates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any of those. I don't know. Well, maybe if you stop wearing that T-shirt on the first date, like when she just when she starts telling you about her personal feelings or something, you just shake your head and, and clear your throat and point at the T-shirt. Just point at the T-shirt. <laughs> You obviously haven't taken there. any journalism classes. <laughs> All right, so that's partly why I found this story uh, so incredible. Partly, it's just the the, the subject itself. This is from uh, WTVR.com, a local uh, a news outlet. A pet monkey got loose in a Walmart <laughs> parking lot in Lancaster, Ohio, Sunday night oh. after apparently escaping from a recreational video. A vehicle. Oh, it's like, what kind of video? <laughs> From a recreational vehicle. Now, when I first read that, I didn't, like a recreational vehicle is a very odd way to describe, like I was thinking, is it like an ATV? Like, right. a, like I'm thinking of some sort of like, you know, like a clown car or a You're car. thinking of an <laughs> I think RV? It, I think of a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it turns out it was an RV. Yeah, that's right. Oh, a re- RV. But, but of course, like, that's like what RV stands for. But in my mind, they should have just written RV, not recreation. It's AP. You got to spell it out the first time. RV. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Video taken by Rachel Stewart shows a store employee trying to corral the diaper-wearing primate <laughs> nearer the shopping cart return area. When the man gets close, however, the monkey can be seen jumping from the metal railing and grabbing him by the arm and clothing. A woman runs up to the employee yelling, let him go, let him go, let him go. If he bites you, they will put him down. 
Wow, I love Jesse's uh, news voice. <laughs> yeah, uh, monkey this week was seen escaping from an RV. <laughs> Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> he was so riding it. I, I love that she loves the monkey so much that she's just like, if he bites you, they're going to kill him. Just don't touch the monkey. Yeah. Well, and I love that the Walmart employee went the extra mile here. Like, I mean, like if you're working in one of these scenarios, like when I worked at Kmart, they said, if you witness shoplifting, like don't try to stop it, you know, just, just, just call the police or whatever, you know, they they don't (laughs) want it to be a liability, but this Walmart, this Walmart employee had the initiative to go above and beyond the call of duty. I mean, considering he was out fetching shopping carts, from the parking lot, he he didn't have to involve himself in this, right? But he went he went over and beyond. So so the monkey the monkey was eventually uh, uh, corralled. So, so your slice was there's somebody certain- has a pet monkey and it got out in the parking lot and then they got it. Yeah. So that was the slice. Ye- well. And yes. I just took a lot of joy in the fact that yeah. some <laughs> newspaper reporter had to write this up as if it was a national. A man, news a man's got to make his own bed. You know, right. this is what he's done. All right. Yeah. So, so that, that's slice number one. <laughs> okay. Um, keep going. The hits keep on coming. Slice number two. <laughs> <laughs> if that wasn't good enough. Yeah. Eddie, I know that Eddie, one's weak, so I'm going to double down with a with a backup. I know. <laughs> Eddie, was that your impression? Of, like, is, is is this is this a character you're working? No, 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 no. It's, like, it's like Jesse evolving into Harry Carey. That's what I feel like. It's yeah. on the trajectory. <laughs> no, it's something. that guy that's on Fallon who plays like the camp counselor and the dad and stuff. Right. That's the voice you're oh, slipping that's into. That's right. It does, but that is exactly also Jesse's voice. Yeah. But continue on. <laughs> Keep moving. Uh, so uh, there's an interesting situation that happened in Rome recently because uh, I guess a lot of people there in that city go on vacation during the summer. And so they've run into a problem where there's not enough volunteers to work at local soup kitchen and several have closed around town. Um, but uh, considering Rome is you know home to the Vatican, uh, Pope Francis has come up with a unique solution uh, that proves once again that he is the the coolest pope ever he has been throwing beach granted, in- granted you're not really up on your medieval era popes <laughs> he's the coolest pope in your lifetime you're the yeah he's the coolest pope <laughs> in the last 30 years that you are the, la- the last out of the last three he's pretty cool okay yeah because some of them like really refined like the calendar that we use yeah it's like did some stuff that was <laughs> That's pretty, pretty cool stuff pretty much <laughs> changed I, the course I, of history Cal- i gotta i gotta i gotta call you on that i don't think calendar stuff's very cool it's <laughs> <laughs> So anyhow, so what's the coolest thing you did in your life? Well, uh, you know, there's an extra day for, uh, you know, the lunar <laughs> yeah. cycle or we, whatever. We've chosen the day that Jesus was born. So that's that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, that is something. I would not say that's cool, though. Eddie. Yeah, no, that's right. So cool pope <laughs> makes a soup. I'll kitchen. tell you what's way cooler is throwing beach and pizza parties for homeless people every single week for the, every every night for the last two weeks. And he's probably going to be doing it all summer long. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so basically the, the pope has sent a bishop out in, in, in vans that are from the Vatican. They're labeled Vatican. He drives throughout Rome loads them up with people uh, that are part of the homeless community there. They have, they have towels and they have bathing suits and they head to the beach for like a couple hours of like hanging out on the beach. Um, uh, this is from USA Today. Uh, guests are given swimsuits, towels as music plays on the radio. So literally what? the Pope is throwing a beach party okay. for members of the homeless community. Can there. I say one little thing that I thought about though when I heard yeah. about this story? You got to know that the homeless people are like, 
oh, it's an outdoor party. Great. Because <laughs> that's not where I've been for the last week. <laughs> right. Because, you know, like maybe it would be a fun uh, movie Eddie, party. Eddie, yeah. the story's not over yet. Oh, keep going. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so uh, uh, after after their, their beach parties, uh, they head over to a local uh, pizza restaurant. And Pope Francis personally has paid for that restaurant to provide uh, all these homeless people with uh, uh, free pizza. Um, the, the bishop in charge of, of, you know, kind of the, the on-the-ground operation. So we're certainly not saving the world with some of these initiatives. We're not solving problems of homelessness in Rome, but we are restoring to them a little bit of dignity. I think that if more uh, uh, religious leaders took that example of throwing random beach and pizza parties, we could all be in a better place, despite naysayers like you, Eddie. All right, what do you have, Joy? Um, well, I am a self-proclaimed backseat driver. And so uh, how do you guys feel about backseat driving? Are you one or do you hate people who do it? I, I mean, don't, I don't, I don't drive anybody around. I, I drive alone. God, I don't mind with that. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Cameron, I think that shirt is very off-putting to them. <laughs> it makes it seem like you, you're not interested in any of their opinions. Like you're literally just looking for facts. How do you mean you backseat drive? Like, like I, I had one incident. Does your license friends. plate say just the facts, ma'am? Because I think that could be a problem too. <laughs> J-S-T-F-C-T-S. Yeah, just facts. A okay, couple of reasons why I think I'm a backseat driver. One, I think I have a depth perception problem, so things seem closer. Oh, no, um, that's the side r- r- mirrors. That's, yeah, that's, th- those are my eyes every day. You think you have a depth perception problem? <laughs> I'll yes. go there. I'll go there. Self-diagnosed why? one. Why do you have a depth? Why do you feel that way? Because I am constant fake breaks when I'm in the passenger seat. Like I'm always like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like my friend Liz last week, she was like, I think to save our friendship, you're going to have to drive everywhere. I mean, and it feels real. Like I don't think I'm a micromanager, but it really does feel real. But it's also because about like seven or eight years ago, I was driving with friends. I was literally in the back seat and I, I saw a car braking. They didn't see it. And I was like, break, break, break. And the driver said, if you hadn't said that, we would have hit them. And I think that like kicked something into gear for me that I have to tell everybody about, you know, brake lights. Do you currently have both eyes? One is glass. One is glass. Okay. Yeah. It's a depth perception issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I'm the only backseat driver. Uh, no, uh, no, I am. <laughs> I'm really picky in a car, but mostly though, the problem is Brian and I have really found a great place in our marriage where she started driving more and that's changed everything because my problem is, is when I'm driving and like, she would say like, Hey, you're supposed to turn right, which she's right. Cause I'm always lost. Like I can't get from this <laughs> studio back to my house without a GPS. This is true. Like it's it's helped to like <laughs> that, switch. That doesn't make any sense to me. I it's right? like four turns. Never know where I am. Joy, uh, let me ask you: Are you kind of a backseat driver in your whole life, though? Like, um, oh snap! You're, you're trying to get out here. No, I'm asking the question. Well, like you're I'm saying, making... is her backseat driving the, a symptom of a bigger problem other than death? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's exactly what I'm getting. <laughs> like, at. like what, Eddie, Joy, let me spell this out. Eddie's insinuating that this isn't a problem with your eyes here. Are you kind of a control freak? That's what we're getting at. Just answer. I'm only a control freak when I question someone's competence. But if someone has proven their competence, I let them run with whatever they're doing. So, so what? So is there some sort of device or something that will solve this backseat driving issue? Okay, so no, my slice has nothing to do with uh, a feature like that. However, this week, um, CEO of Ford, my home state, Michigan, uh, Mark Fields, announced that by 2021, they are going to have fully 
like self-driving cars, not uh, driver assistance cars, but like no gas pedals, no steering wheel, no brake pedals. There will no driver will be needed. I, that's I, in five years. Did I see that it's going to be for like a, a drive share, kind of an Uber Lyft sort of that's situation? Yeah, that's yeah. how they're going to start it out. Um, but they're like, they've never set a timeline. And so he goes to Silicon Valley and he announces this. And so it's probably going to ramp up the competitiveness, but they are, they're on a mission and they're, that's how they're going to start. But I guess I like one of the facts that they're saying is that there's 30,000 accidents that are, you know, 90% are always, you know, due to human error. But I'm like, but what happens if an accident happens in this scenario? Like there's just going to be lawsuits like crazy, right? Like how would they cover themselves? I, I got to tell you, I don't think this is a thing that my age will let me get it, like, be okay with. Like, oh, no, so, so you're saying, in. like, if a robot taxi, if you could call a, what's essentially a robot taxi, you right. would not. I'm all in. Take, yeah. Yeah. I love no, awesome. aut- autonomous driving. No, no, no. But, like, my grandfather. play Candy Crush all day. My, my <laughs> grandfather could never get past the idea that the internet is going to steal your whole identity right so right. he just yeah. never he refused it i yeah. don't know that i'm well, ever he saw get... the net with sandra bullock yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> his fears were valid like i think at my... that time they were valid yeah i would love to be driven around because i actually really hate driving but right. i would i i think it's terrifying no, I, would have a... that's, I think in. that's what would happen to me i would be in a constant state of panic because i wouldn't have anyone to yell at like i would just be kicking the dashboard of siri like, break, break. siri yeah. you know you know it would you know it would solve that problem if they had those cool rear facing seats like old station wagons <laughs> yes! oh yeah or you can't that's a really good idea yeah. but then i'm also like how would would, it, would the car always go the speed limit yeah. i feel like that that's would be the other annoying, that would be too. the annoying thing for uh, me because some speed limits are like 35 is what we're supposed to be going here but i feel like it'd be fine joy you could still yell and say whatever you want but the car is just puttering along it's well, like, that's the thing. It's the like you yell at your friend they get mad at you you yell at the car it doesn't even have any feelings yeah it's fine no but yeah, you they, feel they, good they can't love they 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 they're just a robot who cares well that, you can for, be mean to them jesse actually uh part two of this is ford is working on loving cars uh, <laughs> yeah. cars that will love you and make you feel accepted when you're okay, when you're riding alone like some people have to do. Cameron, like I said, I think it's the facts thing. I yeah. keep coming back to that. Like when, when, you, when, you're, like when you're on the date and you're asking about just facts, is it even facts about her or is it just facts? Like when was the constitution? Like trivia. Yeah. 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 I mean, Particularly, what do you know about... Your dates just divulge into trivia sessions. Like medieval era popes. What do you know? Right. Just the yeah, facts. Exactly. Right. Yeah. What was the fir- who is the first president to live in the White House? All right, you're out. Next. Just the facts. Listen, this isn't working out. Uh, so Cameron, you would drive in the car, Eddie, 100%. Jesse. No, you wouldn't do it. I, I, Actually, would, I would have to have it. I would have no problem. I will, I will be a late adopter, but I know that I'll do it eventually. But I really just feel like round one, everybody's just going to be crashing into I each have other. some, yeah. uh, I, my, I mean, a dream, I would never pay the money, but a dream would be a Tesla for this very reason. Because uh, I love the idea of it the automated autonomous driving. I think it'd be amazing. I actually just got a Volvo, an incredibly safe car. Mm. And I got the model I got because it has a lot of these, um, these safety self-driving features. Right. Like it will break. It won't let me crash into something. It'll break itself. It, it will, if I'm in traffic, it can drive itself with the traffic. Like wow. I don't have to keep my foot on the pedals. It'll just kind of stay with traffic. It'll, it'll keep me in my lane. Like Jeez. I don't have to steer the steering wheel. Wow. Does it do, does it do that thing where my dad's car, anytime, you start to go over the line, it beeps at you. No, it'll it'll turn Starts the steering insane. wheel and keep me back in the lane. Subaru. That's crazy. 
No. That's what my mom started. It, it literally is like a backseat driver built into the car. Yeah. And, but you like those. Features. I love it because Ugh. I am a sloppy, careless driver, and it'll keep me and my child safe. I got to tell you, this self-driving car, though, I'm really into this because in 11 years, my oldest daughter gets a learner's permit, and I want her to sit in some sort of like protective dome where like she has pod. no choices. Yeah. To she let you like have her think that she's driving, but she doesn't realize she's in one of these autonomous cars. Yeah, yeah. That's because <laughs> Daddy, where's the steering wheel? Just go to public. No one has steering wheels anymore. But like no one. <laughs> like I, I remember me driving at 15 and 16, and the fact that I made it to this show is really astonishing. I do not want her to have that freedom. Yeah. So I just. I was to- in a car chase the first night I got. <laughs> My driver's license. <laughs> I swear to you. Right. Were you really? I I went to a local shopping center. <laughs> I I I had the car was loaded overloaded with people for right. one. I did and that too. it just seemed like the rational thing to do was to do donuts like in an empty parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know who the individual was that got so infuriated that they decided to chase us. But it was a prolonged car chase, and that was night one of the driver's license. It's been awesome ever since. When then. I was six, <laughs> when I was sixteen years old, after youth group one night, I was driving some friends home, and there was this long stretch on the two lane Markham Woods Road, and I decided to see what the car could do. Got up to one oh eight and a forty five, no. and a cop. <gasps> pulled me over a mile and a half later because it took him that long to catch up with me. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, I'm I was surprised you go to jail. Uh, he said, if you're going double the speed limit, it's automatic being arrested. I'm giving you a ticket for going 89 and a 45. Don't you ever do this again. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. wow. It was $700 was it to a 16-year-old who wore... Uh, no, it was in dad's car. Oh, oh, Lord. they were out of town. Just a big Buick, <laughs> and I wanted to see what they what his That's new car could just do. Just a big purple Buick with a, you know, a big cross on it. it. The speedometer said it could go up to one thirty five. I didn't believe it. <laughs> we used to we used to late at night, like if I was driving with someone I didn't know, like in the car, I would nonchalantly. <laughs> I was such a, you, you know, when you're like 16, 17, you just be a real jerk for no reason. Oh, yeah. And and you like, used to like drive jerk. up a driveway and then just drive through like consecutive front yards before driving down like another driveway, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. But we would just like never explain it to the person we were driving in the car with. We were acting like we weren't doing anything strange. Right. Just, just not just acknowledge a- we're driving through a bunch of front yards. <laughs> but but you have you, things like that. Jesse, we've talked about this before, but have you ever been funnier than when you were 16? Like, I, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know if you just have zero in like the thought of doing that now is so like absurd to me and now that maybe i'm a homeowner and i don't want some punk driving through my front yard just for just to freak a friend out as a joke i just i just replaced the sprinkler head yesterday i don't want to do it but like literally i didn't think twice about stuff right now i was 16 or something it's like oh that's hilarious let's do that all right what do you have eddie i have um i I have long been considered probably one of the preeminent journalists in the relevant family. Just the facts. And I have... Uh, we call I, him Eddie Just the Facts actually, Shuffled. You wrote the article about the monkey in the diaper, didn't you? <laughs> I'm pretty I'm depressed. Big. It was flawless. So I'm going to tell you, because I'm pretty proud of myself for doing this, I read and figured out my slice, then I didn't understand a part of it, so I called the source. You did not. I did. I called the source and got more information. The owner you, of the recreational vehicle. <laughs> right, right, right. This would be like... <laughs> Like me calling the toll booth yeah. worker who should yeah. have gotten fired. This is crazy. All right. I'm going to give it to you. You really went above and beyond here. Yes. Yeah. And amazing. I'm not going to do this again, but this was such a hot take. Um, okay. So in, uh, in Bouchard Gardens in Victoria. I'm sorry, what? Bouchard Gardens. Okay. Uh, I thought you said Bouchard. But That's a, not a real place. It's a French word. I have been I'm, there. It's, he called. It's beautiful. He checked. Yeah, it, it is a real place. It's a real Next place. Slice. I have been there and enjoyed that oh. place. So Sarah and Gabriel Chrisman. 
went to celebrate their, I believe, 14th wedding anniversary there. The deal is with them is that they are, are from Port Townsend, Washington, and they dress in only Victorian era garb. <laughs> and so, like, we're talking like... Kind of like, like when fam- the Pope was still making calendars. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. He wears, right, from the 1800s, I think we right? have the calendars what, what in Cameron the wears when he's not wearing his Just That's, the Facts t-shirt. Right, exactly. Right. So he, he drives one of those... casual wear. It's his other date outfit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the guy drives one of those big, silly bicycles. They have a... Uh, we know what the huge front Penny wheel... farthing. <laughs> it's called a oh, penny yeah. farthing. How on earth did you pull that? From because it was a major part of our podcast for, in the Adam Smith golden era. Oh, the yeah. We, we the were very into that. Penny farthing. <laughs> so like, but they live their whole life. She's got a, <laughs> she's got a blog about it, which of course just blows away their theory that they're living their whole life. Cause she has to, at some point get on a computer and talk about it. But, yeah. but they, they like, it's a hand cranked computer. They, <laughs> right. <laughs> they use like an ice box. Yeah. It's like a whole to do. So anyhow, they go on their 14th wedding anniversary to Bouchard gardens. And, uh, so then the Bouchard Gardens said, you can't be here. What? Right? So you're thinking, well, why? Because they're in what would be a fairly appropriate dress for this place. Like yeah. they're wandering around gardens with their little hats on and their big fancy Victorian dresses. So like they, the Pope. Exactly. Like the Pope. Yeah. The Pope shows up. He wants to have a pizza party. This is yeah. what he's going to wear. This is what he's going to wear. Right? Yeah. You got to, you can't. Sorry, you can't be here. Okay, you can't be here. And I'm sorry it's outside. And even outside for a while. Have fun at the beach. Here's some Katy Perry. Um, so, so, uh, so they show Bouchard Gardens, kicks them out. But they were really sweet about it because they offered to give the couple the, the, uh, like the uniforms. Like you can borrow some of our uniforms so you can enjoy the day at the gardens. And the couple was completely offended. They said, take off our hats. He is commanding a lady to take off her hat is what he said. No. Which, I, I mean, I just, you know, this couple, oh. I don't know how to describe They're how like I a feel character about them. in Portlandia. They live down the street from me. That's exactly. I was going to say, they, it's like, it's like a vegan, it's like a vegan and a CrossFitter all rolled into one. <laughs> it's it's like ball of obnoxiousness. This is the whole thing. So, so it would go entirely against our principles to do so. Our clothes are a part of our identity, uh-huh. which I like. Yeah, because like I dress like super cool every day, yeah. what with my jeans and my shirt on and my shoes and everything. <laughs> like I get it. I'm a millennial, <laughs> not at all. So, so, so this, so Eddie, in my mind, this couple went from like doing something cool and weird and independent fathering to completely insufferable. Like uh, it did because they got so mad about it. Right. And it's just like, okay. So, uh, for about seven years, they've been addressing like this. Now here's the interesting part of this. Uh, first of all, I just want to make fun of them for a while, but it seems like not a good thing to do. But, I but, just, but can I say that the, yeah, the, the yeah. equivalent to this that I see that is equally infuriating and yeah. insufferable to me, that isn't as dramatic, what? but it's people that wear those toe shoes when they're not working out. <laughs> like I, if someone's just walking around exactly. to the grocery store in those toe shoes and jeans. Wait, it's do they like, sell I, those anymore? I've never seen that. I, I don't, it's not like I see it daily. Are they wearing like, like overalls what, what are you trying to and prove toe shoes? To toe shoe person? Like, you, you know, we're at the food court. I thought all they right? didn't sell them anymore but there was wasn't there that book uh you know about someone who had worked at nike or something talking about how we need to go back to our natural yeah, foot but, so maybe they really got carried run, away by the book but but at the same time he he wasn't completely insufferable about about this like that's what this couple is to is in my mind they're fully that, embracing that, the that they're just making show. a point yeah. <laughs> for no real reason so the interesting thing Which though portland to me is why on earth did the garden kick them out. Yeah, that is Two, crazy. Because I'm like, why would they, 
I, yeah. I just could not figure it out. And they said, go to the link and read the, the, the rules of the garden. Can I make a guess? Yes. It would be like someone who had, to use the Pope example, maybe like decided they wanted to live their whole life like the Pope. And so they dressed like the Pope and then they wanted to go visit the Vatican. And you can't have someone that's going to look like, you know, an employee of these gardens or someone that looks like the Pope in the, you know, every time I go to uh, Walt Disney World, I dress like an employee. And, and whenever I go to Target, I wear a red shirt and khakis. Yeah, I, 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 wear, I wear a blue polo and khakis to Best Buy all the time and steal TVs. So, <laughs> so I've had a rough week. Oh, hey, hey, Frank, I'm just going to load this one. I got my car around back. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had a rough week with Canadians. Uh, a lot of Twitter battles with people from Canada. Um, and you, know, you, you don't want to do that. Oh, well, they couldn't have been more wrong. Hell hath no fury like a Canadian scorned. I had to block a Canadian <laughs> this week. You blocked a Canadian? Oh, I wow. did. really did? I never wow, looked back. they're so nice. They typically are. Um, not not these Canadians, but I You called... flipped a Canadian. You turned a, a Canadian not like, nice. What was so bad that you had to block them? Yeah. Ready? Ready? Oh, you yeah. ready? Yeah. Uh, oh, this is good. So I... Um, and I will delete all the tweets so no one can trace the who it was. <laughs> but when um, there was the... I forget what, like how long it was, but there was the Olympic race where the first Simone won, the first African American to yes. ever win a swimming won, and she tied with the 16 year old Canadian, which right. was also impressive that a 16 year old is that talented. Right. And but they tied, but I was, you know, of course tweeted like, "This is so exciting," and this guy just said, "Leave it to America to make it about race." I'm like, "I'm not." It was just really cool that the first African American. He's like, "Oh, because she's black, she's good at swimming," and I'm like. Like it was everything. Did in me. he just, know that, that you have an African American daughter? But that's beside the point. A lot of people on this show don't have children who are African American. It still is the like dumbest thing you could. I'm like, I wasn't yeah. saying it was significant. It was also significant. Yeah, that not, the six, not to diminish. Yeah. It doesn't diminish the accomplishment of the no. six year old. Yeah, but he's like, all oh, Americans make it all about race, and I was like, I tried a couple times, and I tried really hard to be like, hold on, just to be clear. And he didn't say it. And I was like, I cannot have this person in my life. Yeah, no. So, um, hey, Bob Goff told me he drops people all the time because he didn't want to see the negativity in his feed. Literally, that's where I learned it from. Yeah. You told me that. And I was like, Bob if, Goff's if, got a point. If Bob or Rick Warren say something's okay, that's what I'm going to do. Despite <laughs> that single Canadian, uh, the soup has not been spoiled because I called Bouchard Gardens and said, is Bouchard a soup? It is a lovely soup. <laughs> a lovely Delightful. Soup. I called Bouchard Gardens and spoke to just us. It's a garden full of soup. Think of bouillon cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this. Don't eat them. They belong in the soup. Do not <laughs> just snack on them. I no, spoke. They, they, you, the taste does not get out of your mouth for like a week. Oh, I made that um, mistake as a child too, Jesse. <laughs> I spoke to a lovely. Oh, this is terrible. A lovely, lovely <laughs> plate. croutons are awful. <laughs> right. So it's a garden full of croutons. It's a, I called Crouton Gardens and spoke to a delightful young lady who clearly has been getting a lot of these calls and was prepared from to, other podcasters. Who else would be calling? But you know what? I didn't know if this would embarrass relevant, so I never introduced myself. I'm like, hey, I just wanted to get some more information about the <laughs> the banning of the whatever family, you know? And You're just like a very curious person. Yeah. That, I, yeah. Thought, I thought maybe that, because I thought if it's media, maybe they shut down, so I just didn't say yeah. anything. Yeah. She sent me an email. She emailed me yeah. the official statement, oh. which was, first of all, congratulations, Joy. You were totally right. 
Um, in not per, uh, this includes people wearing period style, historical dress, or adult clothing that could be viewed as a costume, as they may be mistaken for entertainers or interpreters hired by the gardens and could detract from the experience of other visitors. This policy has been in place for many years and is prominent on our website. And it is indeed very prominent on the website. So Bold font. The idea is that it, you don't want to be dressing up as the Pope when you go to the Vatican. Yeah. They couldn't have been more clear. Well, this family n- knew it. And, but they've you also can't wear your Mickey Mouse uh, costume when you go to Disney. I, I, I'm, I'm having a surprising turn here, Eddie. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to side with the couple. No, oh. no, you're not. No, because listen, it's private well, let, property. Let's say, let's say here, here's the thing: history is shared by us all, is it yes. not? Like, yeah, like, the, the like we, the we all like no, no one, no one gets to own history. Like, if I want to go to Colonial Williamsburg. And I want to dress in any period garb and, you know, bring my own butter churning kit and just sit there on the sidewalk and spout absurd, untrue facts about Colonial Williamsburg and the art of churning butter. Right. I feel like I should be allowed to. It might not be a cool thing to do. It might be kind of funny, but I don't feel like it should be against the law. Is what I'm saying. And then get in your car and drive across Williamsburg lawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then I do donuts and then a lawn. That's a lawn. really incredible point, Jesse. I think the difference is, is that because it is a private entity, we're not, yeah. if they were banned from a government owned or a state owned right. park, well, I think that's kind of messed I just up. Don't, I just don't like it. That's it's. Oh, I don't. But I think they should let the it because I think people I think have the, their own gardens. They can make their own rules. They can make their own rules, and the rules are displayed prominently. I think Bouchard Gardens should say, "Come on," because I think there would be a really good population of you know people that are into cosplay and stuff <laughs> that would show up or like LARP. I feel like the LARP community would oh, love. But you don't Bouchard want to open Garden. the door to LARPing. It'll overtake your your gardens, this and then they're going to trample the tulips. All the soup will be ruined. <laughs> it's a good good fact. But anyhow, uh, it's a, I, do you guys ever watch Improv Everywhere? Like the videos that they made. Yeah, yeah. like they, flash they mobs. made one of uh, like there was like an Abercrombie at like a mall, and <laughs> out front there was like two like really like ripped dudes with their shirts like off. shirtless in jeans, yeah. just standing out in front of the store. They, they're know? employees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like employees as as like a uh, like a mo- like models that were hired to yeah. like you know like these from, guys uh, need shirts they shop at Abercrombie yeah but they were <laughs> yeah. just standing there motionless right you know as uh-huh. part of this promotion they right. went there with like fifty guys of all different physiques <laughs> I love it with jeans and no shirts and just wandered around the store and just oh. everyone just stood there I love it you, nobody there's no protocol for what to do with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who are you gonna call? And then at that point, the models are just blended right in. That were you gonna kick them all out? Yeah, what are we, gonna do? we don't even know who's a model you anymore. Just yourself into the store at that point. I think they also. I want to say they might have also done it at a Best Buy, where just a herd of <laughs> them, like one. an absurd yeah. number, like uh, yeah. it was like over a hundred, <laughs> all wearing blue polos and khakis, yeah. just walked into a Best Buy and sort of you know assisting okay. people. That's what they need is an archbishop with pizza, just walking around, just. 50 of them. Here's a pizza for you. I am, I am curious, Eddie. You mentioned Katy Perry. I did have the thought, like, what's on the Pope's playlist? Right. Like, what were they pumping out on the beach? Is it all just, like, boring church music, but, like, you know, like, The Pope organs? has cut a couple albums. He uh, did. He cut a heavy metal album. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. He yeah, did. he did. Yeah, just, Joy, he did. He's the coolest <laughs> Pope in history. Joy, no one's joking. It wasn't like he and was you know, singing. the best part? He's ignored all this boring calendar stuff we gotta worry about. <laughs> 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 all right. That'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Colony House.
You're listening to Manatee Commune. The song is the garden song. Uh, that's really nice that the Manatee's <laughs> Commune has a garden. Yeah, I wonder, it's Manatee kind of like, Commune. They, I've been and to they Manatee. dress in colonial garb. I've been. <laughs> right. You've been to a Manatee Commune? Okay, can I say this about the colonial garb people? Though yeah. I do want to say one yeah. thing. They. This is kind of their thing, right? Is yeah. like going to a place and like they're kind of like, oh, why can't we dress like colonial? And they get kicked out, and it's sort of like, okay, we all know what you're doing. Like it wouldn't be yeah. that yeah. hard. Like, yeah. don't you think you could pretty much last as long as you wanted if you wanted to start dressing like a silly guy, right? Like you could figure <laughs> out how to get through the world. This is like their thing. Second note, uh, manatee commune, Blue Springs. We've been there. Yeah. It's really nice. Lovely place. Have you seen when the people get arrested for trying to ride the manatees? Right. Yeah. It's, uh, they like we really talked do. about that for like an yeah, hour. Yeah, and again, episode. I've made my my position on that, I feel like, pretty clear. I feel like God. I, I, listen, I err on the side of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Not freedom for the manatee. No. God, no, well, I mean, they're free to swim away. <laughs> no, they yeah. can't. They they're float. also free to be free. They yeah. float. They're the Volkswagens of the sea. God <laughs> made them that way for a reason. <laughs> he can't read it. How do you, you're assuming they don't like to be ridden. You're no. Like, the thing is, we can't communicate with them. So we don't know, so we just deprive them of that. Right. Just but I feel like maybe, maybe so- the person is scratching an itch they had on their back for like seventeen years, yeah, and that person gets on there and they feel way better. And they're a perfect size. Who like your hands can toenails. Yeah, exactly. Your hands can fit on each one of their little flippers. Your body is just right there. They're made for that. And it's they like don't a go sofa that- of the sea. Sofa of the sea. This brings this brings like a good point because I was watching dressage the other day. Yeah. Horse dancing. Yeah. It's horse dancing right. is what it is. And <laughs> it, it, have, you, have you guys watched this on the Olympics yet? I don't believe it belongs in the Olympics. It's in a deep cut channel. It's oh, one yeah. of those. It's, it's yeah. like Bravo Espanol. Yeah, it's NBC SN3. <laughs> anyway, somehow I stumbled upon it, right? <laughs> it's like a satellite and, only feed. Yeah. You have to have like one of those weird antennas on your house. And, and I, I was aware that dressage was a thing, right? right? But I don't think I'd ever like seen it. Yeah. And I thought they were like jumping over like troughs and stuff. Yeah, no. The, it's the literally. Horses wear a they, corsage. Yeah, they, they, it's, it's just like an open field. Yeah. And these people, I will say this, they are the sweetest uniforms of anyone in the Olympics. Like the guy has a coat with tails and a top hat, okay, for an athletic event. Like any athletic event That's how that I dress. requires you to wear a top a hat is going to be awesome. Swish on the back of the top hat. Yeah. So all the all the horse is doing is just it's just like it, it just hopping on two feet, hopping on two feet, like side to side to side. And there's evidently there's judges like meticulously scoring, but they never explain anything of what's happening. Like it's not even clear when it starts and when it ends because all the horses are just trotting around out there. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't even know if I'm watching like a live feed if I'm just, if this is or if like. It's Improv everywhere thing, you know, just like, right. like a guy in a fancy horse just got out there. But right. I was thinking, like, ethically, I don't know there's many other animals that people would be cool with if we just danced them around as a sport. <laughs> like, it seems like we're at a place socially where it's just not appropriate to do that anymore. <laughs> it's like the horses would at some point just look over their shoulder and be like, "That's a, come on, man. But actually, you're making a point. The 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 Bailey uh, Ringling Brothers Barn Bailey Circus yeah. uh, like doesn't have the elephants anymore right. because people were in uproar about dancing the elephants around was uh-huh. cruel. I, why can we dance horses around? I well, think I would like the, the orcas or whatever. Yeah. Like, why is it no, a sport? they love it. 
<laughs> I, I get it. I get it that, that, that those horses are probably treated more humanely than circus elephants and whales at sea. I think, but, I think but that's the, the core of the problem. Is, the principle is we're dancing horses for our amusement. And that just seems at dance its core. horse dance. It also yeah. doesn't seem like an, an Olympic sport. It seems like an equestrian Olympic sport. Like it's not the. I know the humans are like yeah, doing why a lot is of the work. Human like, why are we allowed to involve animals in the Olympics? This yeah. is this is a great point. It's actually but true. Like, well, why, why do, you're not going to have Frisbee dogs out there. Like, what other sport can you involve another living creature as an Olympic event? That's exactly right. Uh, manatee riding. Yeah. You, the 400 meter. It takes I mean, three and a half ethically, hours. Ethically, I see no difference. Yeah, they can't even do a turn. Right? I see no difference either. Manatee coming. You guys agreed on the Olympics right there. Yeah. That's, that's the, the other animal ethics things I have with is, is and I, I think I talked about this before on Shark Week. You know, have you ever seen any of the specials where they go down and like the sharks are coming and they like punch them in the nose? Yes. Like they're in scuba gear and they punch the yeah, sharks. Yeah, they in. like chum the water to Joy, attract yeah. the sharks and they, the shark comes because he's f- smelling food. He's just trying to eat some dinner. Joy, and I then ass- he gets punched in the nose. I assume you've punched an animal in the nose, Joy. Yes? No, her yes. death perception is terrible. She was swinging yeah. and missed. Yeah. I tried. I swung. I didn't actually connect, but there's been a but, lot of attempts. But, but I've, 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 I think I've said something on, on Twitter about this before. There's no other animal that you can ethically punch in the face. Like, <laughs> if you substitute that shark for any other living creature, people watch me like, dude, that's messed up. That guy just punched the deer right in the face. It lured it over. Dude, I don't agree. I think if the animal's the bigger, face. like if a brown bear is coming up on me and I punch it in the face, I don't think anybody's going to be yeah, upset. Any, any animal that has sharp teeth, I'm totally fine with face punching. Good. Uh, we can agree on that. There was an episode of Mythbusters where the whole thing where they just went down there and just lured sharks in and just punched them. It doesn't, there's just this double standards for animals. Ethics that it does, it's confusing to me on Shark Week. It's confusing to me on the Olympics. Oddly, it's also somewhere to clear this up. It's also the thing that makes sharks the maddest. Uh, you know what I mean? It feels like there should be another way to. Yeah, you punch a man in the face, he's going to get up and want to punch you back. Right? It's you're gonna, angry. You're getting that shark riled up. It's going to hurt, and I may recoil for a second, but I'm going to. I'm going to come back. I'm, I'm going to block you on Twitter. Is what I'm going to do. I'm going to block you and talk about you on a podcast. <laughs> All right, uh, this week's feature segment is brought to you by Warby Parker. Ah. Warby was founded to create boutique-quality, classically-crafted eyewear at a revolutionary price point. Uh, glasses shouldn't cost as much as an iPhone, and so Warby's prescription glasses start at just $95, including the prescription lenses. Their titanium collection uh, starts at $145, including the lenses. They make uh, buying glasses online easy and risk-free. They have a home try-on program that allows you to order five pairs of glasses to be shipped directly uh, to your door that you keep it for five days. You try them on, get feedback on which ones look good and then send them back and uh, no, no risk, no cost to you. No. They offer non-prescription Polaroid sunglasses for just 95 bucks and 145 bucks as well. Um, for every pair sold, Warby Parker donates a pair of glasses uh, to someone in need, which I think is an amazing business model. And I I uh, had a great experience with Warby just in the last couple of weeks. Cohen's going to school year. He's growing. He has Warby glasses that he loves. Uh, but I bought them 11 and a half months ago. Mm-hmm. And as six-year-olds would do, he scratched his lenses. Yes. Uh, they, for a year, will replace the lenses for free. No questions asked. So they sent me a box. Uh, and then we sent the glasses back. But it had taken more than a few days. And I didn't get a confirmation email that it was received. And so mm-hmm. I emailed them. And Cohen's depth perception was way off. Well, right. He's he punching has, sharks a mile he away. He has another <laughs> pair of glasses. And I just said, hey, you know, normally I would have gotten an yeah. email like, uh, can you check on my son's uh, lenses getting replaced? And she emailed me back uh, within a couple hours. She said she contacted the lab. 
uh, they actually were having difficulty locating the glasses. They know they received them, but they were they uh, mm-hmm. were having difficulty locating them. They were so sorry. They replaced them completely with new frames, new lenses, and overnighted them to us and gave us uh, money back on the purchase from 11 and a half months ago. Oh, wow. Just wow. to say they're sorry. Warby Parker. Wow. Can you believe that? They're incredible. They're incredible. And this isn't like because you talk about them on a podcast. This is like... I was just a customer. Yeah, they're, yeah they do just this customer service. Everybody. And then she checked back in with me a couple more times. It was the same girl every time, and mm-hmm. she just, you know, make sure that everything was good with Cohen's glasses and stuff, which is amazing. Wow. I love companies well, and if like you that. Go into their storefronts, they will actually take the frames that you buy. Like I bought sunglasses. I really wish that I could wear regular glasses, but my eyes are perfect. Sorry. And um, she like, they went in the back and like formed the sunglasses to my head so that they would fit. Yeah. Oh, now that's lovely. You have perfect, perfect eyes, huh? Perfect eyes, except for what? the depth perception. Um, yeah, yeah, except for that she has small perfect, thing. Yeah. That's a brain except, thing. Except for one small thing. Close-up objects look very far away. <laughs> yeah. Head to warbyparker.com slash relevant to order your free home try-ons today. Choose the five frames you want to try on, mail the frames back, choose your favorite pairs to have your prescription added uh, to them, and order. Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk-free and free shipping all around. Again, go to warbyparker.com slash relevant to begin your free home try-on experience today. Oh, Warby Parker. Colony House is a indie band based in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, they feature the intricate guitar work and big indie rock hooks that recall influences from YouTube and Not A Surf. Uh, Interestingly, a couple of the guys are brothers and sons of Stephen Curtis Chapman, CCM oh, yeah. star Stephen Curtis Chapman, who Adele called up on stage and he blew everybody away. I'm kidding. SCC. He's wearing a Pope outfit. We recently talked with the guys about the writing of their new album that's coming out soon, Only the Lonely, and why the life of a musician can be so lonely. You have to tell me twice. And what it's like being the son of a famous musician. I don't think you're a musician. In my heart, I am. I'm lonely as a musician. That's the other shirt I wear. What would you play if you could be a musician? Like I said, I feel like you're just grilling the fact thing. I just can't get over. <laughs> that's the only. That's the other shirt I wear. <laughs> Lonely like a musician. We already know. And joy to your question, Cameron would play drums and rap at the same time. <laughs> my name is Cameron, and I make a magazine, and I have my friends, and I don't know how to not be alone. <laughs> <laughs> he's just making drum sounds again. He's just making drums. He's lost them. He's, he's lost stopped, the groove. Like, yeah, he can't do both. <laughs> <laughs> he can only either play a drum sound with his mouth or just kind of like talk hit and it doesn't make any sense. It's amazing. He's also, never- I've never heard any rap line like end going up. You're like, don't be alone. <laughs> yeah. well, like, I'm pretty sure he's meaning to add another verse here. <laughs> and what rhymes with that? I do not know. Here's more of my drums. I'm really excited about Colony House's new album. It's called Only the Lonely and it's, I think- it's uh, powerful. Here you go. Here is Colony House. You guys have a new album coming out in a little over a month at this point? Yeah, something like that. yeah, crazy, yeah, just a little over a month. Yeah, so are you, so are you excited? Oh, yes, indeed. Anytime, I mean, we've only done this, I guess, twice in the full-length fashion, but um, you always end up sitting with these songs a lot longer than you ever intended, so it's always nice to finally set them free. Uh, so yes, we're all really excited about that date. Yeah, for sure. Now I assume you'll be launching out on some kind of tour or, or promotion of the album. Yeah, um, we'll. Um, yeah, we're gonna. 
do a tour right after a support tour right after the album releases with a band called the Mowgli's and um, and then the kind of last quarter of the year is a little bit of a question mark right now and then the at the start of the new year uh, we'll do some more touring a lot more touring now tell me though is it is it as awesome when that's kind of the the household career you've been around uh well I I for me yes just because I guess I've had a good version of what it can look like mm, yeah. uh I don't know I I well actually I do know there not everyone can say the same thing um but I mean the reason me and my brother ever wanted to do music was because we saw my dad do it and um and we loved we loved watching him and love we were always inspired by him always encouraged by him um and so and then always you know uh loved by him well even though he was touring a lot and um was gone a lot it never felt like something weird to us it always felt like oh dad's just doing his job and it's all good we we support him so yeah well we, we love it that's a huge reason why we do music So this is your second, I guess, full length, and your your first, where at least when I was younger, uh, yeah, was really well received. Uh, uh, critically, we loved it around here. Uh, does that did that add pressure to the new project for you, or are you kind of still early enough as a band that that you're playing around and, and having fun? Oh, you know, I I don't feel none of us really felt pressure with the with this second record. I don't know why. I, I think our first one we always kind of viewed this as like, man, this is this is our first kind of mad scientist experimenting in the lab with a full length. Like we we released songs before that, but under Colony House, it was kind of the first full length album. So when I was younger, felt like. I guess we'll do this. And and we released it and we're really happy with the with kind of how it was received. But then touring, I mean we played on that album, you know, within the next year we played nearly 200 shows. Um and I that grew us up a lot and I think we still have a lot of growing up to do. That's the beautiful thing about music is it's like this continual like uh kind of exploration you know and yeah for um this record we felt like you know that with how well the album was received we really felt like the live the live show was received really well too and um and that was kind of the first we had been hearing people really kind of compliment our live show and so um, we really wanted with this album to try to bring that the energy of the live thing into mm. the record as much as possible yeah. without losing kind of the fun tricks you can do in a recording studio. We really wanted to try to, you know, put the band's 
thumbprint all over it. Um, and so, you know, that was just like a method thing. We really, we all, for the most part, tra- live tracked um, a lot of the record. Mm. And, um, uh, and you know, like, you can put just live track on the interview, but there's always like, if you really know how what's going on, you live track and then you go back and you add all the fun stuff. But like the core, the drums, the guitars and the bass, we were all in the same room and we're looking at each other and, you know, felt like, you know, how do we, as much as we can recreate what we feel like when we're on stage mm. um, and kind of that tension of like, hey man, I trust you and you have to trust me that I'm, we're both going to do our job uh, so that you know this is received well and that's kind of you know the pressure of that in the studio is awesome just to be like hey i crushed that did you do a good job <laughs> because i hope so because if you didn't then that was my best take and but that's what's so beautiful about the live tracking thing is there's all these like imperfections that you just go i don't know but there was something special about it and you kind of have that like moment of like oh people are gonna know people are gonna hear they're gonna know that i'm that i'm not perfect (laughs) and and then it's like but that's good that's good it's a good like yes that is awesome that's what people will connect with so compare compare that to the first project for me what was what's the main difference that you think um and then the two and the two records um i think the main difference would be um well we tracked the first record more or less in like one tiny room one like stu- like not even a studio really like an office space that shared a shared a hallway with a Mexican restaurant um and it was like <laughs> it, it was a very like uh DIY not very DIY but just more more DIY um we didn't have a label when we were when we were recording that and and we were just trying to figure it out on our own. And um, and then with this one, we were able, it felt the same, like we still, even though we've kind of, we've since been signed and there's been a, uh, we recorded this before we even, we were with RCA now, but it was before that happened when we recorded the new record. But we were just like, hey, let's like, what's it feel like to go to a studio, a real studio and record these songs? <laughs> and so just on the like logistical side, it was a little bit, it felt like, you know, it's like the difference sometimes when you work from home and then you're working in an office, there's just something about uh, the mindset that changes when you like go go somewhere to work. Even if it's a coffee shop or something, uh, I know like there's just a different thing that happens when you step outside. What about the right the writing itself on the on the creative? The side? writing itself, um, you know, when I was younger, it was very personal to a uh, very kind of targeted and all revolved around a certain event that happened in, with my family mm-hmm. um, with the loss of my little sister. Yeah. And so there was this 
Um, it's one of those records you kind of hope, well, you really hope you only have to write once. Um, and, and it all so much revolved around that. The hopeful side of it, the hard side of it. Um, with, with Only the Lonely, this was, you know, uh, still very personal, but kind of where we were at at the time, which was we were touring like crazy. We're, you know, we're all married. I have a kid. Um, and so the tension of like, man, I have this burn to go out and play shows and to go connect with people and to go play our music with people, uh, for people. Um, but I also have this burn to be a good father and a good husband and a good friend. And I want to make sure I'm like doing a good job of maintaining those relationships. And so there's this crazy push and pull there. Um, of two things you really love. And so with that, you know, this record, Only the Lonely, came out. It's just kind of the irony of being on the road and surrounded by people all the time, surrounded by your best friends in the van, surrounded by people that are clapping for you on stage all the time, and still it can be a really lonely place. Mm. Um, mm. And so it has this... Kind of this. The theme is lonely, loneliness. Um, but we we kind of struggled with it because we didn't want people to be like, "Well, man, this sounds like a real pick me up record." I, you know, like I, I, we we wanted to make sure that there's there's kind of proof that there is a way to handle loneliness. Um, and so we always say it's like it's a, more or less an observation on loneliness attended. Or loneliness unattended. It felt like where we were at, and it's still a very personal record. Very kind of, I think it's just part of what's in us to observe what's going around us, going on around us, and uh, think on that, write those thoughts down, turn them into songs, and uh, and hope that they connect with people um, because we do feel like. You know, when I, I think as an artist, what we're all trying to do is to connect um, and to, to, to weave some type of thread between us all. And so, you know, if it's grief or loss, which a lot of, you know, when I was younger was dealing with, or if it's loneliness, um, these are things that uh, seem, unfortunately, seem to kind of tie us all together. But... Uh, you know, we always, we, there's hope in all of it for us, you know, and, and there's reminders back at home that, that we're not alone um, and that we can't do it alone. That was Colony House. Hey. Check out their upcoming album, Only the Lonely. It's coming out soon. This episode of The Relevant Podcast is brought to you by the Unpolished Conference. 
Unpolished is a high-octane conference for faith-oriented entrepreneurs and business owners. Whether you've been grinding away for a while or you want to start something new, Unpolished wants to give you the tools you need to make that calling a reality. You can expect speakers from industry experts to CEOs, breakout sessions for hands-on training, and unique opportunities to connect with other entrepreneurs. Unpolished is also proud to announce our second annual pitch contest, giving you an opportunity to showcase your idea and win cash for your business, which saw amazing outcomes last year. Go to unpolishedconference.com for tickets and more information. You're listening to Saint Motel. I think that's another name for the Vatican. Uh, Saint Motel. Hi-o. The song is Move. Move. I'm more popcorn and more parties of life. What character is this, Eddie? This You're is, losing. This is my. This is my cool. These, these this is my cool. This is my cool pope. He's <laughs> <laughs> pizza. Yeah. They play the song Move at all the popes' pizza parties. Uh, Saint Motel. There you go. Rick Warren is the pastor of Saddleback Church uh, in uh, Orange County, California. He's the author of The Purpose Driven Life, which has sold more than 30 million copies worldwide. And he's one of the most respected and influential Christian leaders in the country. Uh, Rick has had a significant impact on my life. I've traveled with him to Africa. He has told me to not do things uh, from time to time. He is, he's, uh, he is mostly reached. the whole rapping thing. Yeah. It was, <laughs> he was like, hey, buddy, I just, very, yeah, thanks for sending the demo track. I got to tell you, your yeah. drum rapping is absolute toilet water. He is one of the most, uh, one of my heroes and one of the people I respect most. And you know, this crazy political season, um, you know, going on right now, we thought who can, who can help us navigate these waters? Is it that crazy? And yeah. so we wanted to reach out to him. Our very own Aaron Hambury recently spoke with uh, Pastor Rick about how Christians can navigate these political polarizing times and the tension of wanting to exercise a civic responsibility even when the actions of some candidates themselves don't match up with our values. Here is part of our conversation with Rick Warren. Pastor Warren, you undoubtedly pastor... Uh, many people who are both passionate Republicans, passionate Democrats, and probably everywhere in between. How do you approach that as a pastor? Yeah, that's a good, good question to start with. Um, of course, I have to be the pastor of, uh, of everybody. And I think there are four or five uh, principles I just try to keep in the back of my mind for, in, in every uh, election cycle. Uh, the first one would be like the temporariness of politics. That... It, it doesn't. It doesn't last. Uh, every single election, those who are running will say this is the most important election in history. Well, not necessarily. I mean, you could say that about every single election. And, and the bottom line is, whoever gets elected is going to be out in four years or eight years. So it, it's just temporary. And and the people who. The Bible warns us not to put your trust in princes. Uh, and princes are leaders. That's another word. One of the reasons why we don't know what the Bible says is because the Bible doesn't use the word politics. And, and, uh, but the Bible has a lot to say about leadership. And actually what I encourage people to do is if you go to the book of Proverbs, um, and, and you got to get a modern translation. If you look up the word nation, for instance, in the New Living Translation in the book of Proverbs, it'll give you a bunch of 
uh, advice on what makes a, what makes a strong nation and what makes a, a, a weak nation. And anytime you see the word king in the word in the in the uh, book of Proverbs, uh, it's referring to leader. And actually, if you take the message paraphrase and you look up the word uh, leader or leaders, uh, you'll find a lot of verses that talk about kings that actually give advice on the kind of leadership that a nation needs and the kind of leadership that it doesn't need. I, I could give you eight or ten verses uh, just right off the bat uh, that, that talk about uh, the kind of leadership we need, the kind of leadership that we don't need. The Bible does not talk about policy. It does talk about character and has a lot to say about character. Um, so it, politics is temporary, and make sure you're not spending all your energy on something that's not going to last. The bottom line is that in the, in the last 50 years, Christians have often looked to government uh, to bring national revival. And nowhere in history has government been the source of revival. It just doesn't. If you're going to bet on revival, bet on the church. Bet on God's people. Because the church outlasts every single government. And when you go through all of the isms of Nazism and communism and and, and even secularism, all of the different isms, they, they come and go. But the church is what's going to last. So bet on the church. A thousand years from today, uh, if Jesus Christ has not come back, we don't know when he's coming back. But the Bible says to always be ready, but we don't know. Uh, a thousand years from today, there won't be a Microsoft. There won't be a Apple. Uh, there won't be a Starbucks. There won't be a United States of America. Because no kingdom lasts forever. Where's the Hittite Empire? Where's the Assyrian? Where's the, you know, the Sumerian Empire? They're nowhere to be found. And and so we often put our trust in the, in the wrong things to bring uh, change and to bring, um, you know, uh, heart change in particular. You know, the, you know, for instance, like there's a place for laws. Laws are good. Laws can regulate behavior. But the book of Romans teaches us that the law can't change your heart. And so you can make a law that says, you know, no more bigotry, no more racism. And, and you can stop people from acting in racist ways. But no law is going to change a bigot into a lover. Only, only Jesus can do that. And, and, and so I'm in, the, I'm in the transformation business, not in the behavioral change business. And we don't expect unbelievers to act like believers until they are. In fact, the Bible says they can't. They don't have the power to act like a believer until they have uh, the Holy Spirit inside them. So uh, I think the starting point in an election year is just to recognize the limitations of politics, that it can't change heart, uh, and that when, when you get into law, law is always downstream from, from culture. If, if, if you want to change culture, you got to go further upstream and deal with art and music and sports and stuff like that. If you're trying to make a law about something, by that time it's already in the water. Now, it seems like they're generally probably two ends of the spectrum when it comes to Christians and politics. There's, you know, on the one hand, uh, the guy who's blowing up Facebook, he's really politically active, he cares deeply 
Uh, and on the other end, you know, there's kind of a, a group of people who want to be apolitical, so they just avoid it entirely. Is that perspective, is just avoiding uh, politics in broad terms, is that an option for Christians, or is it even possible to be apolitical? First, what a pastor can do and what a member can do are two different things. Uh, because in leadership, leadership's like as a pyramid, and as a pyramid goes toward the top, it, it's narrower and narrower. And so there are things that I can't do that, that a member can do uh, simply because of the position that I'm in as a shepherd, as you pointed out earlier, to be a shepherd of the whole flock. I can have personal political convictions. In fact, I do. I hold very deep political convictions on what I think is wise and what I think is unwise, what I think is right, what I think is wrong, what I think will work, what I think won't work. But uh, it's not my role uh, to use that that authority uh, in an area that God did not expect me to have authority. My, my primary job is, uh, is to care for the souls of people and not to convince them to my political views. Uh, but a member, of course, can have uh, political views and, and can actually share them. But the most important thing is the Bible says it's like witnessing. You're to do this, do this in a gentle and respectful way. And here's the real issue. Um, the people, if you talk to Americans, Americans pretty much agree on what they want for people. We want freedom for people. We want fairness for people. We want uh, prosperity for people. We want safety for people. What politics is all about is disagreeing how to get there. And, and so, it, it, you know, some people say, well, we're going to do it through government. And other people say, we'll do it through the market. And other people say, we'll do it through personal responsibility. And, and, and so it's the, it's the disagreement over the means of how you get there, which are, are very real differences. Um, and that, but that's where it's okay to have people of goodwill uh, on different sides of issues that aren't, aren't moral issues. Uh, but even, even in the moral issues, I am still commanded by Christ to treat everybody with respect. So even if I totally disagree with your politics, I do not have a right to demean you, to degrade you, uh, to put you down. Uh, I am. I, the Bible says, when you share the hope that's within you, share it with gentleness and respect. I am not allowed to hate anybody. Doesn't mean I agree with them. Uh, it doesn't doesn't mean I believe that what their their position is right. But I'm not allowed to hate anybody. I'm not allowed to be disrespectful of anybody they're they're made in the image of god and the problem is is that people allow politics to trump their faith and 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 what i mean on that is they get so excited about their political views which can be legitimately you know right and wrong for instance i happen to believe that uh you know life begins at the point of conception so i believe that it's wrong abortion is wrong but i'm still not allowed to demean, uh, degrade, or disrespect somebody who doesn't see it the way I believe the Bible says it. I just saw a piece of data that said that this election, the 2016 election, is the first, um, at least uh, in the United States, where the largest religious group, uh, when you break down, you know, religious voting, 
is the people who aren't religious at all. So uh, yeah. the nuns, as they're called, are uh, a larger percentage of the voting bloc than Christians, uh, Jews, Muslims, and on and on. That's like a complete reversal from a large swath of American history, you know, so from early 70s on or so, that said that the way Christians influence culture is in the voting booth. Uh, now that that's just not the case, or at least it's diminishing, how is it that Christians engage culture? Yeah. Well, first, I would welcome uh, any change that takes uh, Christianity out of a political viewpoint. Uh, because uh, in, in the past years, of course, the word evangelical got associated because we had an evangelical pastor, I mean, a president in, in uh, President Bush. Everything that people disagreed with that he did got blamed on evangelicals. And, and, and so that's the danger of associating with any politician of, of, of any, any uh, stripe. You know, people know that I did the first inaugural prayer for Obama. What they don't know is that four years earlier, I, I, did, I opened the inauguration uh, of President Bush. Uh, but nobody even noticed because it wasn't considered controversial. And I, I have friends on both sides of the aisle. But I, I'm, not, I, I'm in favor of, I don't even think it's a bad thing that Christians uh, might not be a, a majority because we've never been a majority that's, uh, in any culture except the last 150 years uh, in, um, in America. Uh, in, in the past, you know, about 26% uh, of Americans were um, uh, classified as evangelicals. That number varied even higher. Uh, and about 25% of Americans were, were called Catholics. Um, and so they, people would look at that and go, well, if you get the Catholic and evangelical vote, you've got a majority of, of opinion. What this election has proven is that's very, very fractured. Evangelicals are all over the map on who, who they voted voted for in the primaries. They were all over the map. And there's even a difference between those who go to church every week, as you saw those polls, uh, and who they voted for and the people who claim to be evangelicals, but you know, we're not we're not going actually going to church. They were they were cultural Catholics or they're cultural evangelicals or they're cultural Baptists or cultural charismatics or whatever. Um, and it, their voting and their their beliefs were not really attached. Um, I think in, in this situation, Christians need to look more back at the 21st century is more like the first century, uh, in which the fastest growing. Uh, years of Christianity, of our faith, were the first 300 years. Christianity grew faster, more rapidly in the first 300 years of the faith uh, than at any other time. Now, first, that's because it was young, it was new, and you always grow fast in the early years. But during those 300 years, there were three things that were true. Number one, it was against the law to be a Christian. You were more likely to be, you know, crucified by the Romans. Uh, number two, uh, there were no church buildings. There, there were no church buildings for the first 300 years of the church. People met in homes. Uh, I, I've been in the earliest still standing church, which is uh, in Malula in um, in Syria, which was made in about 305 AD. And unfortunately, it's been destroyed by ISIS uh, bullets and, and all of that going on there. Um, and, and so. In those things where it was it was not not uh, culturally advantageous to be a Christian, that's when Christianity uh, survived and not only survived but thrived. 
because um, it was growing. And the third thing that happened is as the, as the plague and, and some of those uh, diseases began to fill the urban areas, people began to leave the cities uh, and Christians moved into the urban areas uh, to care for the dying. And that's where the phrase, see how they love one another, uh, began to show. We should be known for our love and our uh, and our diligence and our, our respectfulness uh, more than we should be known for our political opinions. My problem is that I don't want the gospel to get co-opted by a view. For instance, if, if a woman comes onto my church campus, our church campus, and uh, and the first thing she sees is a uh, anti-abortion um, uh, uh, table, okay? Uh, and she's had an abortion before she even gets in, in into the building. She's already turned off and turned around and left. And, and so uh, the, the good news is not a political statement. The good news uh, is a salvation statement. And I just don't want that to get co-opted. So the important thing in this season is have your views, but say them respectfully and certainly desire that you would be more known for your your lifestyle, your Jesus lifestyle uh, and, and the message of grace than to be known for what you believe about trade or what you believe about immigration or what you believe about any of those things. Those opinions are important, but they're not the most important message that we're called as a Christian to share. Okay, Pastor Warren, uh, one last question. And for this, I just I want to ask you to be uh, my pastor, to be the pastor of our listeners for just a little bit. Uh, this election is a little weird, and I think in some ways it's unprecedented uh, to where both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, are advocating for things that are morally ambiguous at best, in some cases even reprehensible. And that's left some of us just confused about what we should do. Um, you know, we want to be Christians first, but we're also, you know, Americans who feel some responsibility to be involved. What's your advice? What would you say to us? Okay, a, cu- a couple principles. Um, uh, first place, um, uh, realize that throughout history, God has even used bad leaders for his purpose. Uh, God is still in control. He's still on the throne. Uh, I'm preaching through uh, the life of Daniel right now. And God used Nebuchadnezzar, who in no sense was a Christian believer, but used Nebuchadnezzar to accomplish his will. God used Pharaoh shoot, God used Caesar to, to make a census that got Joseph to go back to his hometown to fulfill the prophecy of Jesus being born in Bethlehem. So God, the Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it whithersoever he wishes. So my God is bigger than who's running for, for office. So this is a unique election where, for the first time in history, two out of three people, uh, Americans, don't like either candidate. Uh, in other words, they say, I don't trust either candidate uh, in, in terms of their, um, their character. And and that, that's the first, where two out of three people say, I don't really like either or. What you can't do is not vote. If you want to write in a candidate uh, because of your conviction, well, that's appropriate. 
But to stay home is inappropriate because somebody died for you to have the freedom to vote. So even if you vote, uh, you know, you write in a candidate, uh, uh, the one thing you can't do is not not vote because of your, your stewardship responsibility. You might not vote for either the, the candidate, but you do need to vote. And so uh, to sit it out is not an option. That was Rick Warren. You can follow him on Twitter at Rick Warren. You're listening to Wild Beasts, and yes, the song is Big Cat. The wow. uh, very own. That was sweet of them. They're very kind. They're big fans of the podcast. And uh, yeah, huge fans. They just decided you need a theme song, man. Yeah. Big cat on top. Gosh, that is my theme song. That's rad. Yeah. It was really sweet of them. Sounds like Flight of the Concords. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like Flight of the Concords. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> but you don't know if it sounds like that ironically or not. Right. Yeah. right. Big cat, tell me the future. Wow. That was a good song. <laughs> yeah. I played drums on it. Yeah, you can tell because you're not rapping. Because you're a pretty good drummer until you start to rap, and then all of a sudden, I can rock at the same beat. time. Yeah. yeah, wheels are off the wagon. All right, it's time for your feedback. Uh, Big this is Cat where we is do. My friend's name, and he sits next to me on a podcast. <laughs> Up next, Lysis. <laughs> I'm gonna bring in a little baby drum kit and rap next week. Oh, I can't um, wait for that to be real. Do. This is uh, this is where we do corrections, apologies for last week's show. All right, I'm ready. I don't have any. <laughs> I think Jesse has a pretty big apology for someone else on the show about some pretty egregious errors in his swimming logic. I'm ready. Oh, no. It's it's absurd to think that doing the breaststroke is somehow better for breaching waves. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't like, apologize. I, I, I refuse to think anything different. But I, do, I don't know if this is a correction or an apology, uh, but it is something I felt the need to respond to. A, a listener who goes by the name J.P. Job on uh, Twitter uh, was inspired by the 3D printing talk and thought, you know, even though we were saying it in jest, why can't he be the person who gets a 3D printed mouse pad business off the ground? That's a great point. Yeah, so he went ahead and launched a Kickstarter campaign trying to raise (laughs) (laughs) $8,000. Now, here's where things get fishy. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, uh, something uh, the people at Kickstarter didn't appreciate this initiative. Uh, I don't know what they found so wrong with wanting to start a 3D printed mouse pad business. Right. Uh, but he received an email informing him that they've carefully reviewed his campaign and it was against the rules. And unfortunately, they're able, they're unable to approve the launch. Now, I should say, it to me, just at a glance, it looks like all the all his bases are covered here. He clearly says what the business says, and his image is clearly a gray mouse pad. So, as <laughs> what you're supporting, yeah. Uh, uh, JP has emailed, has sent a screenshot of an email he sent back yesterday morning to Kickstarter. I have made some edits. <laughs> Let me know which area specifically I may still need to refine. The, all the expenses are directly related to the creative project of making the products. 
this seems like an open and shut case. Good luck with you, JP. We're gonna keep, we're gonna find we're gonna get to the bottom of this one. Yeah, we uh, really but. need to fund JP's project. So what uh, I guess it is is it like uh, what does he need like a printer and then like liquid mouse pad? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess evidently eight thousand dollars worth of gear, but uh, <laughs> that is an ambitious enterprise <laughs> he's launching. I mean, to get a return, you got to sell a lot of mouse pads. But I'm guessing he's going to sell them. I mean, if you look, if you if if the mouse pad represented in the picture, yeah, which like I said is gray, yeah, and and rectangular is yeah. representative of the products he's making. I mean, you can price those bad boys, but at least a hundred bucks a pop. And I think they're self <laughs> Yeah, They're really nice. Mouse pads. Edition custom, custom mouse pads. Yeah. There they're really, go. really nice. So anyway, that's not really a correction or apology. No, it's just something I feel update. like the listeners. Need I to like the with. ambition of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, last week's question of the week. We asked you what two shows past or present would you mash up? And what's the plot scenario that brought them together? Uh, there, there was the news that this fall, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and New Girl are going to have a mashup episode. And we thought, oh, no. But it got us thinking about other shows that could, um, you know, mash up well together. You guys hit us up on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also tweeted us your replies at Relevant Podcast. Here are a few of our favorites. Mark Chapman had a good one. A, a couple of people, I actually saw he wasn't the only one who suggested this particular mashup. The Office and Parks and Rec. Uh, tonally and style-wise, they're pretty similar. But Mark suggested for the plot, Anne and Karen, who are both played by Rashida Jones, are twin sisters. Uh, <laughs> oh, is one evil? Uh, well, most likely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or one turns evil, I'm assuming. Yeah, hey, starts wearing a mustache. Uh, yeah, because you can't have a twin without one being evil. We, we did get a lot of feedback that you and I did not, uh, that we mixed up Sweden and... Uh, well, yeah, you guys started going off in your holy cheese stuff. I, I think you were with me, though. I yeah. think we were both saying I, this. I think I got in pretty deep with you. Yeah, Swiss is not Swedish. Let I, me just say this. I hear you, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> blocked. Yeah, blocked, and also it was still funny, and also unfollow. Next. <laughs> Muted for uh, life. <laughs> I liked what Austin Unger said, because um, we played that clip from the person who mashed up the Fresh Prince uh, theme song with Thomas the Tank Engine. Right, yeah. So he said, put those two shows together, and after a basketball fight that sends Will Smith to live with his aunt and uncle, Will's mother buys him a one-way train ticket to Bel Air, where Will gets on a train car pulled by Thomas. Will instantly acknowledges Thomas's large, fresh decal on his side, and the two get along nicely. They are about to set off, but oh wait, it is a relevant valet special, and they are blocked <laughs> in! <laughs> Man, getting valet back. That was such a good show. That's not the only valet reference in the feedback. Kylie said, Yeah. A valet crossover special with the game show Cash Cab. Oh. The guys get the chance of a lifetime when they score a ride in the Cash Cab, but things take a turn for the worse when they realize they're blocked in. I won't get into it because I feel like the the plot line just kind of reads itself. But Rise of the Chimpocalypse and uh, Return of Cat Island are both mashed together. Uh, I I feel like we know exactly where it's going. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I literally was going to say, uh, what would the plot? Oh, yeah, you got to have yeah. listened to the show for a while to understand any of that. But if you've listened, like you, that show just wrote itself. <laughs> it wrote itself, and uh, you would score. Uh, Chad said that you uh, he could see a House of Cards Parks and Rec mashup mm-hmm. where Francis and Claire Underwood are in a heated race for president, 
and they decide to fire their campaign manager, but hire the group that successfully got Leslie Nope elected. Uh, so the rest of the season is just Ron, Andy, April, Ben, and Tom working for the Underwood campaign, which sounds insane, but I would probably watch that. Uh, Michaela says, Rich and Faith meets Keeping Up with the Kardashians, in which the Wilkerson's and Kardashians swap lives for a week. Kanye and Kim are tasked with planting a mega church on the West Coast, and Rich and DC struggle to avoid relentless paparazzi by the hour. Kanye ends up becoming the worship director at their new church, which is supposedly non-denominational, but is mistaken by the media as strongly Pentecostal because of the sheer number of nonsensical grunts he lets out during worship. (laughs) Wow. That was a good one. Good job. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of more. If you want to check out the, um, the Twitter feed and and the the episode page, you can join in. Um, Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Okay, well, uh, earlier in the show, we uh, we were talking about uh, you know autonomous driving and young drivers, mm-hmm. and and Jesse drives through yards. I test out speedometers. Uh, that's what we learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to know your early driving stories. What's one of the most memorable or uh, crazy things that happened in your early driving days? Uh, maybe maybe you want to tell us the first place you drove after you got your license. What did yeah. you do to celebrate? Or maybe you know like Jesse. Uh, some of the shenanigans that happen at you know ten fifty nine right before curfew, <laughs> or yeah, maybe, you know, and, and look at this as an opportunity to get something off your chest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We may have yeah. cool Pope on next week to listen to some of these confessions, <laughs> <laughs> or, or just somebody wearing a Victorian era robe. Yeah, that's like really guy. ironic. Like, okay, we get it. Okay, all right. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or uh, post your replies in the comments on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Hey, while you're there, we're actually going to start uh, beefing them back up and posting all the bonus content. A lot of the case you missed it's oh, our behind that. the scenes video nice. of our oh, auction cool. or estate sale extravaganza. Yes. Um, oh, that's cool. The uh, the which I only knew you were filming about half the time. Yeah, because I'm just walking around being an <laughs> idiot, and all of a sudden I look back. I'm like, oh, I, see. I was like, this is gold. Like, this is gold. Right. This, is, this is podcastable. Get it all. Get yeah. it all. <laughs> Have you got any Charmanders while driving, Channing? <laughs> uh, no. Mm, interesting. He drives the speed limit, but he goes no lie at 2 a.m to behind abandoned office buildings in the dark where he knows that there's a pokey thing and and then encounters other people and cars back there in the dark. Can you make friends? No, that's happened once and they were passing me. They were leaving the the parking lot as I was going in. Uh-huh. How, how often, how how much time on a on a nightly basis? And now this isn't judgmental. This is yeah. just curiosity. We were at a family are you, dinner are you the other night. We were at a family dinner, my mom's birthday. Yeah. And I look over, his phone's out because he was attracting Pokemon to Whoa, the restaurant. Oh, that's crazy, dude. Or he was watching the ones. No, I was just watching to see if anything popped up. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, last so night I went uh, to a park. So you put out, you put out a, a Okay, charm? someone made fun of me on Twitter. No, I didn't put out lure. I was just, I was just watching. A yeah, lure. Yeah. He wasn't watching lure. the family conversation. He was, I was watching. listening. I was, I was still there. I just, I could see it out of the corner of my eye. Um, I went to a park last night. I was there for three hours. Oh, wait. How many did you catch? In yeah, three I actually battling? had friends that was there. Okay, I caught okay. so many things. Can I? Can I tell you something? Can I yeah. tell you something that was funny? And I'm just. Can I, I'm going to really embarrass. Yeah. yeah. So there is a young woman here at the office who I don't know that I've met. Channing <laughs> starts talking about uh, uh, Pokemon, and she pops out of her office, and I think, well, maybe Channing has put out a, a lady lure, you know, <laughs> yeah, see, geez, see if something's yeah. going on. And uh, just the facts. Ma'am. She goes uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> He, he learned some tips from his what older brother. Level are you and, at? And, and she sure. says, "I'm I'm uh, level seventeen. And we're all like, "Wow!" And he's like, uh, "I'm level twenty five. And you could just tell that there was a moment in her, and she's like, 
this guy plays Pokemon all the time. Yeah, like, too much. this is not going to work out. But I'm just saying, you got to find another level 25 now. I think she's pretty impressed. <laughs> Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's the thing is like oh, they yeah. can do it together. Oh, go yeah. get a Charmander, a get her bonding. up to level 18. But yeah. in fact, I know she's really impressed. I know she is. <laughs> you should ask her this week if she wants to go on a Poke Walk with you. I should. Yeah, um, that would be so charming. It would be. You walk, there's probably a lot down towards this college, a lot of lures and probably stuff. right. Cool, man. Cool, dude. Cool. My favorite thing is when I know Eddie arrives at the office on Wednesdays to record <laughs> is when he starts doing his like nerd from the Simpsons voice yeah. uh, talking to Chandler about his Pokemon <laughs> and he's very <laughs> sincerely like congratulating him yeah. for his accomplishments. Dude, but he that's does so it. cool. Yeah, congratulations. That's the best thing. <laughs> yeah, because Eddie, it kind of feels like you're just becoming a big bully. Oh, <laughs> I would, I would, like you're just picking on the Pokemon You would player. block what yourself. Did they ever do to you? I would block myself. If I was Channing, I would block me from your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh man oh man alright well let us know uh, your early driving things yeah. or in case of Chandler your current driving weird yeah. things want to look at <laughs> and if you want to hit up all of our stuff or Chandler's Facebook uh, he has a ton of pictures of his a Pokemon of of his, oh, yeah. oh screenshots of, of that time you went to Lake Eola and got all those fish that was nuts yeah, that was awesome <laughs> That is so nuts. You can power all them up. You got any eggs hatching? For real, though, one of my favorite things in life is when Chandler posts a new (laughs) screenshot of of, of some sort of demon creature that he caught, and he's excited about it. Eddie's very enthusiastic (laughs) replies. I appreciate the support. On Facebook. (laughs) Chandler. Always. Oh, poor guy. That's funny. Just a bit. You're being bullied all night. My favorite thing, though. I've heard about this. I've heard about this. Like, on 2020. (laughs) We were at we were at a family dinner a couple weeks ago and he had to leave early and uh, so his parents and me and stuff we were just talking and uh, and 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 I told them about like Chalissa and the episode of the podcast uh-huh. when yeah, the Chalissa thing I happened. I got a text from mom that night. What? Cameron told us about Chalissa. Yeah. Ooh. How's so, that going? No, wait, here's my point. My favorite thing about this, about you posting under his thing yeah. and you guys talk, talking about girls with him is I, his brother, don't have to because y'all are teasing him like a big brother. <laughs> and I get a free pass no, no, yet no, it now, still happens. Now you guys are just creating a whole gang of bullies. It's yeah. worse than no, one. I don't do anything. But the thing is, I she's still I still notice all the time that she like likes his stuff. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, all right, well, it's really great because as a brother, I don't have to do anything, but I get to enjoy the torment happening. It's really wonderful. Any Chalissa updates, or is that dead in the water? No, no. Oh man, because of the Pokemon thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't play, so it just yeah, wouldn't work. Yeah, you can't date a level Obviously, one. Obviously, yeah. she doesn't play. This ain't gonna work yeah, out. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get a level twenty-four or above. Yeah, they, or they just least. don't understand me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's like we're talking different languages here. All right, listen, listen. I, I don't know how to break this to you, Chalissa. I'm level twenty-four. Yeah. Our yeah. lives are going different directions. <laughs> At twenty and above, she's got to be into those flat brim packs. You can't keep up. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. You're on one trajectory. I'm on another. I just don't see this moving forward. Many thanks to our show sponsors for making the show possible. Uh, remember, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com. And then when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, use offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, also, uh, thanks to Warby Parker. Visit warbyparker.com slash relevant to begin your free home try-on experience today. When you go to that specific URL or use the promo code relevant and let them know you heard about it on the show and it keeps the support coming and we appreciate it. Many thanks also to our guests, uh, Colony House. Check out their new album, Only the Lonely. I guess only if you're lonely. Uh, yeah. Check it out. It's a good soundtrack for evenings while you're sitting on the couch. Watching Naked and Afraid. Candy Crush. 
Yeah, texting your uh, buddy about putting a statue on another buddy's yard. Bully <laughs> your younger brother on Facebook. Yeah, bully your, your siblings. Only the lonely. It's available for pre-order at iTunes, and you can hear their first two singles now on Spotify. Follow them on Twitter at Colony House Band. Thanks also to my hero, Rick Warren, for joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Rick Warren if you want to see a lot of uh, wisdom throughout this tumultuous season. And check out relevantmagazine.com. We have awesome content every day. We have Facebook instant articles going now if you're on Facebook. Uh, they're really fancy looking. And uh, we are we are working on some big, big stuff. We are blowing up the website this fall and redesigning the magazine this fall. Mm-hmm. We are rebooting everything. Why? Because every couple of years we get really itchy and we want to just blow things up. And I couldn't be more excited. This is when I come alive. I've seen some of the pictures. They're very cool. Thank you. Uh, subscribe now, and you'll get the new era of Relevant uh, shipped to your house. And uh, keep your eye on the site, because it's going to get really exciting. Yeah. Uh, uh The new issue's out now, and it's only a buck a month to subscribe. I think you'll like it. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Joya Gertrude. I'm Jesse Carey. And you know what? We're going to send it out the right way. Here's some DJ official. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. This is terrible. These croutons are awful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.